Once again to Cinema Snack Bar. I'm Rob Alley. And I'm Zeke Tucker. And <laughs> wow. I don't know. We're just, just hopping right in. It felt like it. Zeke's felt doing like this it was one good. In character this week. <laughs> I will be uh, Forrest Gump the whole time. We're here to talk about the movies you love and the foods that help make them awesome. And this week, we are talking about our first listener uh, submitted episode. We've done Zeke's Choice, My Choice, and AFI Top 100 last week in Snow White. And now we're doing our first audience pick, and that is going to be Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, uh, a definitely a classic movie, um, but one that I'll just be real, I don't like. I don't like this movie, and so this is going to be different just from me. I mean, I'm not like I've got all my usual notes and stuff, but I'm just going to say out front, this is not a movie that I enjoy. That is. From the outside, I go, man, that's really surprising. But because I know you, I go, okay, that makes sense uh, based on the type of movies you like. It is one of the most quotable. That, that felt pointed. I did. <laughs> that did feel pointed. I didn't mean it that way. I just went, okay, I get it. I get you. So I was like, oh, okay, he's not a Forrest Gump guy. I didn't necessarily think I was a Forrest Gump guy. And then I bawled my eyes out twice oh, while we watched it this oh, I week. I can't wait to hear when. Oh, I did. I mean, it is like, uh, I don't know. It's a, It's a very... If you think about some of the most popular movies of all time, yep. maybe not most important, but uh, if Forrest Gump, Titanic, things like that, this is on that list. Oh, for sure. And it, with its mark on pop culture, I mean, this is huge. It has things that, you know, 25 years plus later are still common phrases that you Absolutely. hear. And one of them, probably the most popular phrase is, Mama always said, life was like a box of chocolates. Yep. You never know what you're going to get, which brings us to our food selection today for Forrest Gump, which is we have attempted, and I will say attempted. <laughs> we have. We have attempted to make homemade milk chocolate. Yes. And um, we'll talk about that in the in the food segment, and we'll try it and see how it came out. I hope it's good. But uh, <laughs> you and me both. But uh, so we'll see what we get. We'll find out. We'll, it's going to be kind of exactly like a box of chocolates. So <laughs> yeah, gonna, yeah, we are going to see what we're going to. We don't know. You never yeah. know what you're going to get. But first, let's talk about Forrest Gump. You said it. it is a, you know, as popular movies go, it is just right up there for people of, like, my generation and a little younger. And I guess this is a cross-generational thing. Everybody yeah, from it like, is. Because boomers have things to love about this movie, <laughs> right, right. you know, for sure, or at least to reminisce about throughout this movie. And then, you know, and it's watchable by, by anybody. It is, in fact, also on the AFI Top 100. It was not one of the ones that we randomly selected okay. to be on our list. But it is number 76 on the American Film Institute's uh, Top 100 list. And it is number 11 on the IMDb Top I Movies list. I saw that. I saw that, which is an impressive goal, you yeah. know? I mean, I, maybe not goal. It's an impre- that is an impressive uh, feat to be yeah. one of the top 15, top 20. Sure, because you think about, you know, even like IMDb movies that are rated like a 90 or above, there are a lot. You know, I mean, a, f- a fair number of those, right, right. you know, so for this to be like number 11 
on the all-time IMDb. Pretty big deal. You know, that's yeah, it's pretty impressive. It means people still are still loving Forrest Gump. Essentially, is what we're right. Saying. The, the the life is like a box of chocolates is number forty on the top one hundred movie quotes of all time. Okay. Yes, I, uh, I forget. That. I forget where I read that, but I was like, that totally that makes sense. Yeah, you know, that, and that's such a good way to go. It is chocolate based. It is food based. Yeah. It is what we love here. That's right. So we're gonna try it. We're gonna try chocolate later. Uh, a little more on Forrest Gump. It won six Oscars in 1995. It won for best visual effects, best film editing, best writing (parentheses screenplay) uh, based on material previously published because it was a book originally. Um, and it won for best director, which would be Robert. Zemeckis, who we'll talk about, uh, best leading actor, Tom Hanks, and best picture. So, like, this is a not only a beloved movie, but a highly acclaimed, yeah, um, you know, well awarded movie. It was nominated for seven additional Oscars and a. What did it not win? I didn't look up the categories. Okay. I don't. I know. I wanted to know. I know Gary Sinise was nominated for uh, best supporting actor for right. Lieutenant Dan, um, but uh, that's. The others, I'm not sure about. Uh, probably the score. I imagine the original, Surely. the music was was probably it was, yeah, it was um, super beautiful. And in this one, you have beautiful score and you have a killer soundtrack. It Just, is, it is like I forgot how good this soundtrack was. It is, it is so iconic. Some yeah. of these, I feel like movies that came out later tried to mimic some of the things. So Whitney was talking about this earlier where, what is the song when it's the war song? Fortunate Son by uh, Credence by CCR. Okay. Yes. So that, when they're running through, when they're running through Vietnam. I always picture military something. Yes. Yes. I just feel like after this, everyone was like, yeah, that's, that's the, that is the song. When we're running through Vietnam, you can't use anything else. You know, you, you have a point because kind of, this was sort of the turn of, the nineties, mid nineties was when you had a lot of movies started turning from traditional scores to, um, you know, song based soundtracks where right. they would use, they're like, let's just use a song that already exists. That feels right. You know, you right. had some of that in the past, but you, you, you know, you go less from like, um, you know, Ghostbusters or stuff that has original music written for it. I don't know why I went straight to Ghostbusters, but <laughs> I did. That was a, um, that was a shift. But a like, or, transition. or Dirty Dancing, where you have songs that are written for the movie. You know what I mean? But right. they're just like, no, nah, let's just, I love this freaking Rage Against the Machine song. Let's use it, you right. know, and put it. A bit and, easier. It's the, it's kind of the guardians of the galaxy formula, right? In the is, modern day. I mean, that is a killer soundtrack yeah. too. It's that, it's that same sort of formula. It sort of ingratiates you to the movie because you love this song, right? And right. then you pair it with a cool visual. So it helps you remember and connect on a different level. It's like you say, when you hear fortunate son, you think about people running through the jungle. Right. Um, or maybe when you hear run through the jungle also by CCR, you would think of people running <laughs> through the jungle, but, um, so yeah, great, great soundtrack, a huge soundtrack too, as far as like sales, but also a, a massive, it was a double CD and it had oh, like wow. 36 tracks or something. I mean, it was like everything. I mean, I've, the movie is two and a half hours long and, it it, a, and a lot of it is filled with uh, music. So, I yeah. mean, it's going to have a two disc CD set and the, and the music is helping you to follow through the timeline as well. It is. So it really you're, is. you're getting, you're going from the mid sixties um, to the eighties really in this. I feel know. like it helped more than anything. It helped Jenny's, uh, transition. Cause she had a lot of styles. Yeah. Jenny had a lot of styles in this movie. And every time it switched to her, she was wearing a very specific type of garb of yes. outfit and oh, that right. music. Like decade. Yeah. Yes. And that music played a part in all of it. Yeah. Maybe I should do, let's do the plot summary first. Let me just give you the plot summary and then we'll dig in so that if you have no idea what Forrest Gump is, this will kind of paint the picture for you a little bit. This is the plot summary. According to IMDb, 
The presidencies of Kennedy and Johnson, the Vietnam War, the Watergate scandal, and other historical events unfold from the perspective of an Alabama man with an IQ of 75 whose only desire is to be reunited with his childhood sweetheart. That to me sounds like an incomplete plot summary. It does or to me too. That it kind of misses the point a little bit. Right. But hey, it is I read what it is. I read a much simpler uh, uh, a much simpler plot summary, uh, and it really resonated with me because I feel like if anything, I this is where I can bond with Forrest Gump. Okay. It says Forrest Gump is a simple man with a low IQ but good intentions. Okay. And that's just what I feel like my life goal has been so far. <laughs> sure. Low IQ, but good intentions. And I feel like that, you know, it's an honorable thing. Yeah. Uh, I feel like combining those two might get the plot summary properly uh, covered, but I know, but like both of those, it's such a, it's such an intense movie that I feel like that summary doesn't get it. Like I'm yeah. not getting, it's not the same movie than what I was. Yeah, what I watched. right. Yes. It's not a comprehensive summary. No, Let's say not. that. Okay. It's not, it would be hard. I mean, it's a long movie and it covers, you know, two, two, two and a half decades, three decades worth of time. Well, it goes back further than that. Cause he's tiny when it first starts out. Right. So, which is where we come back to Elvis Presley. You have a, a scene where basically Forrest starts and he has these uh, braces <laughs> on his legs yeah. because he, he has his a weak back curved spine or whatever. Question mark. Yeah, his, oh, his back looks mark. like a question mark. I thought you were having a question. I, I thought you were <laughs> inserting mark. Um, question mark here. Um, but so you have a thing where he's dancing and this young man is renting a room at his at his mom's house, you know, and it turns out to be Elvis Presley. You see him from the back. And I read that the voice of Elvis was actually Kurt Russell. I, which, I saw that. Uh, That's awesome. It makes sense. Um, but uh, so he sort of teaches Elvis this dance by just dancing around kind of oddly with his with his braces on. And that turns out to be the dance that Elvis does, you know, that wows everybody later with his, you know, all the hips and the whatnot. But anyway, we go all the way from Elvis Presley. Then we get into stuff like uh, the rooftop singers, Wilson Pickett to Joan Baez, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Uh, Aretha Franklin, Bob Dylan, Beach Boys, Mamas and the Papas. The, it, it, the doors are all over this. Um, I mean, the really the music of the late 60s and 70s that right. this soundtrack hits is like, it's insane. Um, you get like Age of Aquarius, Joy to the World, Three Dog Night, uh, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head by B.J. Thomas. You get Sweet Home Alabama. You get a couple Skinner songs in there. You get yeah. Sweet Home Alabama. And you get Freebird, which plays in in a key scene later right. that we'll that we'll uh, talk about but anyway you get Gladys Knight it's just massive I feel like this is probably one of the t- just like top 10 uh soundtracks yeah. like it is just it is intense yeah. it is stacked yeah it's hard to beat it's like a you know this is a soundtrack that lifts weights and does not skip leg day <laughs> it you know? doesn't it doesn't it's very very beefy and hard to beat in a fight I, um and then Alan Silvestri did the score um and he did the you know the feather theme. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but later, if you know him from like more modern day stuff, he does all the like Avengers soundtracks. Oh, and, you know, he's the one that wrote the, the Avengers theme and all that stuff. Um, let's see. Directed by Robert Zemeckis, who is probably most known either for this or the back to the future tr- trilogy. Right. Um, he, you know, has done a, a ton of stuff, even from stuff that like nobody really remembers, like death becomes her, um, or he did contact and flight, you know, Whitney, you know, I love death becomes her. Do you? Okay. Is I, that the one with Meryl Streep? Yes. And, okay. Uh, you love, Han. oh my word. Yes. You, she, she made me watch that so many times. Used to come on really? TV all the time. Yeah. Man. Oh, she loves it. Okay. So Robert, Robert Zemeckis, you know, kind of a, a, a legendary director, writer, producer. He's done, you know, done it all at this point. Uh, do you think if you just walked up to 
you know, 500 people at various places around the world, more people would know Forrest Gump or Back to the Future? I don't know. I'm hoping that the, uh, I just had a bubble in my throat and I, I heard it. I heard it through the, through the earphones. So if you heard it, there's a little ASMR. Um, I would say, I would say force. Oh no, I don't know. It's hard to, I don't know if you showed people the, the poster, the movie poster of each one, which one would they go? I think oh. back to the future has a, uh, the styling of the art for back to the future. I think people would have, uh, more recognition for that one. Mm. Uh, however, I think Forrest Gump is more widely known. I'm questioning everything I'm saying. Like yeah, I know I, Back to the Future, but I've never actually watched it. But I've watched so Forrest are, Gump. We are going to fix that. Let me just <laughs> tell you, I can't believe. All right. Anyway, all right. Um, I yeah, I don't have a good answer. Like I'm not. You know, I don't feel like I know the answer to that question. I just wonder. I'm just curious. Um, I said I don't really like this movie. I don't get what it is. It's too slow and it's too long. And I'm good with slow. Like right. one of my, you love some good conversation in movies. Yeah, one of my, one of my top like three movies is Superman the movie, and it is slow mm-hmm. and, and long. We like, don't mind a slow burn. No, I don't mind a slow burn. It's just this, this whole movie to me feels like a movie version of the way Forrest talks. <laughs> It's like, uh, that's what I, that's what the whole movie feels like to me. And right. I don't want that for two and a half hours. Right. You know what I mean? I was, go ahead. Witness. I have a hot take on his accent. Go for it. Oh, please. please. It's so good. So, it's not a hot take. It's a, not it's a hot take. A, yeah. Um, Tom Hanks did an interview on the Graham Norton show. And he said that the director wanted him to, wanted the kid to learn how to speak like Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. But he was like, why would you do that? It's a kid. He was like seven or eight years old. So he listened to him and he said, I really paid attention to his long G's yeah. or like his hard G's is yeah. what he said. So he would say making uh, and yeah. stuff like that. So he was like, that's how I learned it. I just did what he did. Cause he was a kid from Mississippi. Mm. So he just picked up his accent. That's yeah. Like, so he just, he took the child's accent. So that that's the kid's accent. Young yeah. Forrest. That's what he talks like. Yeah. And Tom Hanks just went, yep, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and adapt that into the full character. So that's how wow. he did that. That's how just he went about that. Folded it in. He did. He folded in and the cheese. They, and then they did it just for so long. And that, that's basically what the whole movie feels I, like. See, I didn't think I liked Forrest Gump. I was like, oh, this is a good classic. Let's watch this. And I actually really liked it. There is a, there is a comfort to movies like this. I don't know if it's like the, fr- I don't know how to explain it. If it's the frame rate in which it's shot, if it's the uh, style in which it's shot, but they don't rely heavily on CGI, which is one of my favorite things in the world. If you can do an entire movie with the most limited CGI, like I'm a, I'm an Avengers Except fan. Except for all the presidents. I was no, going to no, say, I know, there's I know. actually <laughs> okay. groundbreaking CGI. It is, it is. Okay, so, but it was still limited. Okay, so it looked, it didn't look like, so I, I'm a big Avengers fan. I, I love Marvel. I love stuff like that. But those movies, it's like an hour in, I'm like, I don't, I want something real. Like yeah. if they just shot something on an iPhone in the middle right. of an Avengers movie, it'd probably snap me back into reality. Um, so I think, I, I don't know. I love it when there's limited CGI. And I, I know at least I think we, uh, I talked about that in signs where it was yeah. limited. Uh, if not Shyamalan doesn't like to do heavy CGI, this CGI seemed like it worked so well that it didn't really take you out of it too much. The only thing that I have a complaint about, I mean, first off is 94. Okay. Yeah. It's 1994. I was four years old. Uh, <laughs> so the CGI at this point, you know, it was just the mouths every once in a while, yeah. but they really, they imposed for us into actual scenes of these things happening. So yeah. they took the actual 
presidents, you know, doing whatever they were doing and uh, did the CGI over that. I thought that was fantastic. So I, I thought it was fantastic. I thought the the limited use of CGI until it was absolutely necessary was a triumph. And there's something about like the comfort of this that made me really enjoy this. So I feel like the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, okay, I get, I get Forrest Gump now. I don't yeah. mind the slow burn. Okay. I, you know, the, the, um, the CGI was so good in the way that they used it or so tastefully done. I'll say if, even if it wasn't like great by today's standards, right. some of it now I'll say most of like, you know, they used blue screen to replace Gary Sinise's legs right. with non legs mm-hmm. and they literally went and paint, painted the blue out of the background and painted, you know, a, each frame to make his legs disappear. Um, and part of it also, he had a, a wheelchair that was, um, he it was designed by a magician named Ricky yeah. J um, and Ricky J has a very cool documentary. You should watch it. It's called, um, Ooh, I can't think of what it is, but I'll find it. It's in my notes. Um, but, uh, Oh gosh, that's going to bother me anyway. Okay. Ricky J. Um, but anyway, they had, he, he designed him a wheelchair that he could kind of hide his legs, uh, in, in the mechanism of the wheelchair. Deceptive and, practice. Thank you. Deceptive <laughs> practice. Very good documentary, uh, about Ricky J. Um, but uh, the the CGI was was so good that there was one scene in this that was I guess it's not this is not CGI it was just they made the film look convincingly old enough right that I thought a piece of film from this movie was authentic that is not which so which scene was it the scene where um, the governor of Alabama who decides to run for president and gets shot oh, yeah. on the campaign i thought that was real footage it is it, it was impressive because i think i thought the same thing and i was like who even filmed that i was like who who got that but yeah. it was and there shockingly is, real there is there is footage from that event but the the actual moment that it happens isn't captured there's right before and right after but i but but it was it was done well enough that I went. Did they just show us a man actually getting murdered right. without my consent? <laughs> right, like right. you know what I mean. Like I, f- I was I was offended by it, and I stopped watching the movie to figure out what was going on. Oh to my like word. find out if this man, if Governor Wallace, right, and that was his name, um, George Wallace. I was like, did he? Did they real? Is that actual? Because it was it was they did it that well sort of making that footage look archival. And I was just like, man, I just saw a man die and we just kept going. We had to watch this on a DVD. So desensitized. We had yeah. to watch this on a DVD. Like we were, we, we pulled it up and I was like, oh, we're going to have to buy this. And it's Whitney on was Netflix. Like, we couldn't find it. Well, it's a hundred percent on. Netflix. Okay. Awesome. We <laughs> put it on a DVD. We got the full experience. I told you okay. you should have checked on that. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did. That was my fault. So we watched it on a DVD. We had to get the DVD player out. Uh, so it all just felt like if we want to pause it, right. there's no remote because we can't find the remote for the DVD player. So we have to go up and stop it. So, so I, so it really one, took us back. Yeah, you know? it did. It really I'm, took us back. So I felt like it worked for Forrest Gump. Can you yeah. like this CGI is 30 years old. Yeah, it is 30 years old. So that is, it is rather impressive that they were able to do what they did. The only problem I had with it was the mouths. I was like, okay, that looks right. like, so like, it's almost funny because I, I'm surprised. Like now they would never let that fly because it yeah. doesn't look right. I mean, right. it just clearly isn't right. Right. But, but I mean, it was, it was like 30 hey. years of practice yeah. after that. So, so it was, I mean, I was impressed. I was yeah. impressed with the CGI. I expected it, that it would, first off, I forgot how much CGI was in this movie, but then I expected it would be, there's a thing that I see like with Marvel movies and things like that, where I look back and I'm like, that Hulk is going to look awful in about 
10 years. Yeah, yeah. But with this, I'm just like, it has stood the test of 30 years of cinema yeah. and it is still holding pretty strong. Right. So I'm impressed with that. When you consider, you never saw Justice League, I don't imagine, but there was a- there was Which a, one? The, 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 the Zack Snyder, no, not Zack Snyder's, I'm sorry, the um, Joss Whedon- it's one of the Zach, new ones? Jackson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I saw it. Okay, okay. I might have seen it with you. Okay, it's, it's entirely possible. But there's a thing where they had um, Henry Cavill was filming a Mission Impossible movie. Cavill? Cavill Cavill? Can you hear Cavill? Is it Cavill? It's Cavill. I thought Cavill. it was Cavill. Whatever. I go back and forth and I never know which is right. I think he's um, the handsomest man in the world. So Cavill. I, yeah, Cavill. <laughs> Whitney, even Whitney, she was showing me a meme the other day and it was about uh, Henry Cavill. It was like, you Henry get a Cavill. date with Henry Cavill, uh, but your best friend dies. And it just so shows someone, it shows Keanu Reeves crying at the table, sitting next to Henry Cavill. And I was like, yeah, I was like that, that maps. I get it. Sorry. Henry yes, Cavill. It is Cavill. When it comes, when it comes out of somebody else's mouth, I go, that's hundred percent the right British way to say it. Um, but uh, he was filming uh, Mission Impossible, the latest, I don't care if it's Ghost Protocol or whichever oh, yeah. one he was in, and he had a mustache, yeah. and he had to go back and do reshoots for Justice League, but the Mission Impossible team would not let him shave his mustache. I just so they, feel like it's easier to do a fake mustache. Yeah, but they were, I, it was, I think it was a different studio, and so they weren't, they're like, we don't have to make concessions for your Justice League movie, essentially, you know what I mean? Um but they, uh, but anyway, they CGI'd out his mustache, and you can still tell like some of it looks really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. And that was 2016, 2018, You know what I mean? Right. So like the so fact they're that still, they they're still struggling with mouths. Yeah. But they, the fact that they pulled this off as convincingly as they did, you know, really I mean? impressive. And I tell you, one that I that I thought I assumed was CGI or was actual archival footage was Dick Cavett when he goes on the Dick Cavett show. Yeah. And he's sitting there with John Lennon. That's actually Dick Cavett. They filmed new footage of Dick Cavett with Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump and just cut his hair and kind of de-aged him. Oh. So that's real footage. That's real life Dick Cavett in the movie playing himself earlier and then archival footage of John Lennon. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And the way they did the mouths, it wasn't like they fully CGI'd the mouths like they would do now, like they would try to do with Henry Cavett's right. mouth in Justice League. It's basically that old thing of where you would like hold up a piece of paper cut a hole in it and stick your mouth where the mouth is. <laughs> it's just a digital version of that. So okay, they, okay. they filmed people saying the things and, and imposed that. Into, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the design a little bit. It is again, I, I don't understand why, and I probably should have researched that a little bit more, but it is one of those where I can, if I see this movie in the background, I'm going to sleep. Well, you know what I mean? It's like Nostalgic. golf. It's like golf. Or it's like golf on a Sunday or yes. like uh, it's like listening to football announcements on a Sunday. Like I don't want to watch it. Or NASCAR. NASCAR, right. It's because it's slow and monotonous. It's like <laughs> Rob it, just it's does like, not like it. It is like NASCAR. It's like, or golf. I, see, it does. Golf is, per, if, if this does feel like golf. This feels like a golf match to yeah, you? Yeah, it's like it doesn't really have any big highs or lows. It just is to, to me. It just is a thing that is happening. It's just one of the, I, I don't know. There's just something so, and maybe that is it. Maybe it's the slow monotonous thing of it, but I feel like I'm not always going to want to nap. Okay. To Forrest Gump, but something about it. I was just like, I can, I can put this on a lot. I can, I can have this on in the background. I can watch it fully because my, some, you know what? It's the day and age we live in that I get on my phone a lot while we're watching movies. I try not to. But for Forrest Gump, I was really drawn in to a lot of it. Like I have these, I still remember like little specific moments where I'm just like, that's a beautiful scene. And it's just one of those 
beautiful movies to me. It's got the color grading that just makes me feel like it's the nineties, you know, because it was, and it is just absolutely beautiful. I wanted to talk about the movie cover. Okay. So it's that iconic. It's one of the iconic movie covers to me. It's the fully white. It's uh, the back of Tom Hanks, a Forrest Gump, and he's sitting on the bench. First off, just a side note, I didn't realize how many people like shuffled through on his bench rotation, which I yeah. love that. He just kept talking, he just, but yeah. there was three, four. I think there was four yeah. total. There was the woman, the nurse at the beginning, yeah. the mom, the older gentleman and mm. the woman at the very end. Okay. So yeah. there's four people, I think. So he's sitting on this bench on the front cover and it's fully white. Love all of that. Yeah. But then I looked now, I think I can just like shut it off as a graphic designer. Sometimes I don't want to think about every aspect of design. So I'll just shut it off. But then I really thought about the, uh, the font and I was like, I do not like this. Oh, like, really? It's just, it's a little too happy. Mm. It is a drama. It is a romance drama movie. It is not. And now it has some definite, well, I mean, that's what it was. That's what it was categorized as, as a romance drama. I'm in, Okay. 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 Okay, so I, it was, I, everybody is looking at me in well, disbelief. Because <laughs> I think most people think of it as a comedy. Okay, see, I do not see, I see it as a drama that is funny. You yes, know, like it is drama for like at the very beginning, it is a comical drama, but the font of the title is too comical to me. It okay. looks like a rom-com. Okay. Okay. Which I guess what you're saying is it was basically a rom-com, uh, but I, I would You're not right. consider it a rom-com. I would consider it drama first and foremost. So I would have just picked a a better font. You know, Zemeckis, that's okay. You don't have to do everything. You did. You hit it out of the park on most of it. It does look like a rom-com font. You're right. I'm looking yeah. at it now. There's it looks something, exactly there's something like a, a little bit like I would, I feel like it's the same type of font as the new, uh, help me out here, the... Uh, it's when Lindsay Lohan played a twin. Yes, the Parent Trap. Oh, parent I, trap. Was, I was about to say it looks like Cheaper by the Dozen. It like does. Something it's something that you would find like that. So on a, kind I of a whimsical. Love the colors. I love that everything is right aligned. You know, I'm good with all mm. of it. I think it is a strong, strong cover. I would have changed that font, you know? But in the 90s, maybe that was the perfect pick. I just feel like, you know, Helvetica New Bold would have been fine. Something right. real. Like, maybe even Times New Roman. A little less playful. Uh, I think that's my number one I guess critique design wise. I think that the rest of it honestly was really impressive. Uh, They, they had speaking on the CGI again, they had a lot of budget cuts like the studio. I don't think had a lot of faith in them for this movie and what it was going to be. So they had budget cuts that cut out a lot of the scenes. And I found out that Robert Zemeckis and Tom Hanks waived a large part of their, of their fee mm. in exchange for percentage points of the movie, which oh, okay. gained, which gained uh, Tom Hanks $40 million wow. in the long run. Yeah. So, so I mean that worked out in his favor, but they really had to cut a lot of stuff. So they imposed significant budget cuts, uh, but Robert Zemeckis decided to leave out. So he uh, left out, several planned effect shots. Like he already, I mean, there's so many in them that he's meets so many presidents, yeah. but one shot in particular involved Forrest running into dirt, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Okay. Junior, sorry. And his supporters Forrest distracts several dogs trying to attack King and his supporters by playing fetch with them oh and gosh. rendering them harmless to King and himself as well as his supporters. So that was a cool <laughs> one, but they had to cut it, I guess for the time. Uh, I mean, for the, um, for the, budget, for the budget, which it would have just been awesome, but then the movie would have been, you know, 10 minutes longer and Rob would have hated right. it even more. Yeah. So maybe it was best that they didn't do that. So they had a bunch of budget cuts. 
Um, and that's, I, I don't know. They, they, they had a bunch of budget cuts. I don't think anyone felt like it would do well, but still the CGI, you know, 30 years later, it prevailed. I guess, is this the thing that made Tom Hanks like an icon? I feel like it has to be like he, okay. So first off, he is not my favorite type of actor. Loved him in this movie. Yeah. He's not one of my favorites. I mean, I love him as Woody. Uh, in right. Toy Story, I think I think that to me is his one of his most iconic roles. But but uh, but that's from us Disney addicts. Uh, Castaway. Castaway. Yeah. Okay, when what year did Castaway also come Robert, out though? Two thousand. Okay, so so this probably put him more on the map. Castaway was like his like oh Tom Hanks is the real deal. Yeah, and that's also Robert Zemeckis. Oh, Castaway, there we go. Written, okay. directed, I believe. Uh, but yeah, I think. Go ahead. I remember him from Big. See, that's what I was say. at this point he had big, he had house party. I've not um, seen either of those. And he had, I think like the burbs, like he was like a, a hard comedy guy at this point. But this was right? like, okay, so this was his like, oh, this man has range. Yes. He can do the most type of drama, yes. which when we hit our recast, I really put a lot of faith in my recast okay. because I was like, I can't see, I, I did a lot of, uh, comedians. Okay. Yeah. I did a lot of comedians that I'm like, you have range for this. And I was asking Whitney about this on the way here. Uh, what my favorite role that uh, Will Ferrell ever did was Stranger Than Fiction. Okay. His drama role. And it's a straight drama. And I, oh my gosh. And then there's funny points. I mean, it's the same on this. Like he's very funny in this yeah. movie, but he is, he's got the drama chops for it. And he really like, that is why I was, I mean, Whitney like turned to me and she goes, are you crying? Because it was like one of those moments. Yeah. And I, I really like, he did it. I, I also found out that three people who I would never have expected turned down the role for Forrest Gump. Oh yes. Talk about it. It is Bill Murray. John Travolta and Chevy Chase, who Whitney says Chevy Chase. Oh, Chevy like the car? Chevrolet. Okay, yes, I know, Spells but it, it is same. Chevy Chase. Chevrolet James Chase. Chevrolet <laughs> James Chase. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay, so Bill Murray, John Travolta, Chevy Chase. They uh, turned down the role. I think uh, John Travolta was like, this is a bad idea. And I was like, yeah, it was. Looking at your career, Tom Hanks did a, a bit better. Like, yeah. uh, so, I, so I think, yeah, that was a bad thing. And then there were... Also, uh, for Bubba, David Allen Greer, mm-hmm. Ice Cube, and Dave Chappelle turned down the road. Ice Cube? Yeah. And Ice Dave Cube. Chappelle. Yeah. I just went, that's wow. crazy. Dave Chappelle was like, that was a bad idea. Yeah. So he said that as well. <laughs> then I don't think the picks were as good for Jenny. Uh, well, okay, that's not true. One of the picks I was like, that would not have worked. Jodie Foster. Love Jodie Foster. But I'm like, you're not America's sweetheart for this. It's not going to work. Nicole Kidman and Demi Moore. Yeah, Nicole Kidman, I don't, I don't, don't see think, there. I would see Jodie well, Foster's my last pick. Nicole Kidman would have been very young uh, there, so maybe yeah. she could have played it a little more as like a a girl. I feel like a yeah. lot of Jenny is played as a girl. Right. I feel know? like Demi Moore would have done just as good. I think yeah. Demi Moore, okay, that's the I say that based on looks and how I would imagine she would do it, yeah. but I don't know that I've seen much that Demi Moore has acted in. I just was trying to imagine who looks like they would do drugs. Okay. And I don't think I'm definitely not Nicole drugs. Kidman. I don't it's her pretty that. drugs. Right. You know? Yeah. Who who looks like they're going to get taken in by various groups. Right. You yeah. know? Like Absolutely. Swayed just, easily. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I that's feel like Nicole Kidman is strong enough to not be swayed. It's not as believable. Like all of her roles, I go, okay, this is good. I see, I I see what you're doing. And it's hard to think, of course, now we have these people's careers, these women's careers in retrospect, right. where we see all these strong roles that they've played. So it's hard for us to see, you know what I mean? Exactly. It's and hard she f- didn't have that many 
like iconic roles after this. Nicole Kidman? No, 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 no. I'm talking about oh, the, oh. who played Jenny. Uh, I totally forgot her name. It's All right, um, Robin Wright. Yeah, Robin Wright. Penn. She was in Unbreakable. Hello. Oh my gosh. Did that light bulb for oh, you? Oh no, I did not realize I mean, that was her. It's not an iconic role, but I yeah. mean, to me, it's almost more iconic yeah. than Jenny because I love Unbreakable. <laughs> but she had been in, she had done Princess Bride, right? Which is probably her most, oh no. Oh, That's no. where she came from. I've broken from. you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like you knew you were familiar with her face, but you I didn't have, know why. Why do I have chills because of this? <laughs> I don't know. I had no clue. It's like you just disconnect and you go, oh, that's Jenny. Uh-huh. That's the girl from Princess Bride because I forget her name. Yeah. It's the first time I saw it was on Christmas this year. And then... Uh, and then, uh, who did you say? And yeah, then in Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Yeah. And I just I just separated those all three. Okay, never mind. She is an iconic <laughs> actress. Icon. She just fully embodied each role that she was in. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I have completely, I take back all of it. She was amazing. That's fantastic. I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that made me so happy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait to get to the recast on this one as well. Uh, but while we're talking about the ones who were almost cast. So John Travolta, he ended up okay. He was at this point about to hit his renaissance, right? Yeah, so yeah. he because Pulp Fiction was his next thing. Mm-hmm. And so he did okay after that and became kind of had his own thing. Now, I don't think he's Tom Hanks. No. You know what I mean? But this None of those men are Tom Hanks. Well, I don't know. Bill Murray's pretty freaking yeah, Okay, he's still not Tom Hanks. He's still not Tom Hanks. This would not have worked with Bill it Murray. Wouldn't have. It would have been much more comedy with Bill Murray or Chevy Chase. I cannot imagine the seriousness at all no, with Chevy Chase. I, exactly. It would have been like National Lampoon's yeah. Forrest Gump. <laughs> it would have like, there's no way to get it proper. That's why it was so hard for me to recast Forrest because I was like, good grief. Tom Hanks is Forrest Gump. He's still Forrest mm. Gump. He's still Woody. He is Abigail Breslin in Signs. He is. Right. He is. Yeah. You can't recast <laughs> Abigail. You can't recast a five-year-old that sees aliens. Like she is the perfect pick. So it, Tom Hanks is a perfect one. Did you see who the writer of the novel visualized? No. And I think he could have pulled it off. Okay. He could have pulled it off great. John Goodman. John Goodman, John Goodman? I think could have, yeah. I want to see him at that time. He, he, that was when like Roseanne, when he was playing the dad on Roseanne. I cannot the see that. Of John Goodman has always been like 45. I mean, John, but like always, oh, I feel like he's still Roseanne age. Yeah. Uh, because I loved that show. Uh, it just made me, sorry, mom. It made me feel like I was home. So I would like <laughs> put it on in the background. I loved it. John Goodman. Yeah. He, okay. He could I see have it. Done the- I just, I'm, I have to get over a heftier Forrest Gump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, like a, that boy, that boy had some, had some food. He ate some yeah. ho-hos when he was little. It's lots of shrimp. Yeah. yeah. But, and John Goodman, John Goodman has lost like a hundred pounds. Like how many right. times, you know what I mean? He, like, I think <laughs> he would have done it. Like, I'm so proud of the guy just for his, you know, you're right. Commitment to like losing the weight. That's Maybe the other not thing. It's like, off, but- he's one of those people like Jonah Hill, like, like I, you're yeah. always, you'll always be fat to me. That's <laughs> what is that off of? Is that off just friends? Yes. It's off oh, just yes. friends. You'll always be fat to me. Yeah. He, it is one of those things where after I've seen them in larger roles, yeah. uh, it is hard to John Goodman is one of those. So it takes yeah. me a second. That, but you're right. John Goodman. He has the, he has the drama and the comedy, and the comedy and off. the s- authentic southernness, you know yeah. what I mean? Which Tom oh my gosh. Yes. But he found, his is know, like, he found exactly. It his is like KFC Southern. I yeah. feel like he could always, he could play the General. It's, oh, brother, where the, are what, they? Colonel, the colonel. I'm thinking me. of. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. it. Yeah. He's the colonel. I feel like he's just 
the colonel in that one. Yeah. Okay. I, I just kind of have some notes on this about just the different characters. Okay. Just for stuff sure. that I picked up on or just things about them. So let's start with Jenny. Um, weirdly enough for me, Jenny is the most frustrating female character oh my I have ever yeah. seen. Um, and I, she, she like came by it honest. She was a victim of abuse. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hinted at in the movie, yeah. you know, that she was sexually abused by her father. That's the, that's where they're trying to get you without saying it. Right. Um, but like every time, so because, because of that, or with that as her backdrop, you see that she's just always ch- kind of chasing male affection while rejecting right. healthy male affection. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so every time Forrest tries to help her and several times by like saving her from other abusive men yeah. in the moment that it's happening exactly. with like a, you know what I mean? Like caught in the act type moments, she just yells at him and then eventually leaves either immediately yeah. or soon thereafter. You know what yeah. I mean? She'll have maybe a, 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 a an opportunity for a tender real moment with Forrest and then she's out. I liked the, I liked her, not transition. I liked the timeline of Jenny because if you notice when he is stepping in, it gets her reaction to it gets less and less aggressive through the movie. Mm. He like wears her down. Like the very beginning, she's like, what are you doing? Okay, fine. Come inside and get warm and touch me inappropriately. Uh, And then (laughs) my favorite part of that is the roommate's face. I love that. Oh man. I think I've, Oh, never mind. Yeah, no, not going to say that. (laughs) Just watch the movie. Uh, But her, her transition slowly moves into like, she is very mad at him at the beginning when, when, when he breaks up the, the session in the car session in the car. Exactly. Uh, which and then later on, also happens in Back to the Future. I know you haven't seen it, but there's a scene very similar to that in Back to the Future. Oh man, yeah. Oh well, maybe they're connected. There's the multiverse of that. It's, I know, it's I'm almost just like oh, okay. it's almost like Zemeckis was like winking at Back to the Future <laughs> yeah. a little bit in that spot. Absolutely. So she later on in the movie, she's just like she immediately just goes with him. She's like, well, the other guy's clearly wrong. Like it just becomes more and more tender. But then she almost goes back with the guy. She does every time. Road, I mean, like, she's still she's still a. T- like a terrible character overall. You just want yeah. to shake her shoulder. You yeah. do. And you, you know. go, you just want to pray for her and be like, come on, yeah. we can do better than this. Yeah. I, you were talking about the fact that it was hinted at that she was abused. I, I realized that the way that everything bad was announced by Forrest was taught to him by his mom, mm. his Southern mom. So he was like, he was like, well, his, her dad uh, loved her. He used to kiss and touch on her all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And okay. So that was how that was announced. Then his great uncle or whatever it was, who was yeah. in the KKK. Was, yeah. She was like, Oh, they were crazy. They wore, they, they yeah. were insane. They wore sheets they on wore their heads sheets, and on their yeah. horses. And it was, I, I thought back she to does how eventually say that was wrong though. Cause at first does. I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah. yes. So, but she does it in the way that my Southern mom would do it. Right. would be like, well, your cousins are kind of crazy. They're off in a, uh, they're off in a place where they get you know, rent and it's prison. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just like, you know, stuff like that. Uh, it was just the, it was the nice way of the Southern mom explaining it to Forrest. So then yeah. he explained all of these moments in the, I feel the nicest way possible to explain these, most of these horrible of life events. Sure. And it was through, and it was not because he was trying to save anybody's feelings, but it was through the lens of his understanding, right. you right. know, as a guy with an IQ of 75. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I have to say, by the way, as a kid watching this, 
I just assume that he has a learning disability. Right. That's not the case. He just has a low IQ. So like, we thought, is he, like now times they would be like, oh, he's on the spectrum. Now times, yes. You would immediately go, right. he's on the spectrum. So maybe if this was made now, they would say he was autistic. But the, they make it very plain in the movie that it's not that he's disabled or differently abled in any way. It's that he just has a low IQ. Right. He's extremely successful in everything he does. Yeah. Well, like the the spectrum thing, I thought uh, whenever he was in the military, how he was like, it was easy. Yeah. Because it was so structured. Right. And yes. usually that helps. And right. so, he's just not smart on paper. In the, in the book, also, there are many... Uh, I'll say several at least uh, more things that he gets into, like, you know, these scenarios right. that he finds himself in and in the same way that he's in the movie, but also he's played in the book as much more of a savant, even than he was here, like with the gun and the, in the military and stuff he's played where closer to almost like a rain man uh, okay. type thing in some ways where he's like, you know, it's like, very clear that he's impaired by his low IQ, but in some things he's just instantly just excels. You know, yeah. I, I, while we watched it, I wrote down everything. Well, to my knowledge, I'm sure I skipped some cause he's so successful. Everything that he did in the movie, just in bullet point yeah, form. I okay. did too. Did you really? Yes. Okay. Oh, go. Let's go. Okay. So, okay. So Forrest teaches. Okay. Okay. We'll you do it in order? Okay. So Forrest taught Elvis to dance. Yes. He start on the Alabama football team. He got into college by running from bullies. Okay. He got like signed okay. into college by yes. running from bullies. Yeah. Um, he met this kind of kind of happens over the course of the movie, but he meets three different presidents: right. Kennedy, Kennedy, Johnson, and Nixon. All based on his experiences and what he's uh, what he's achieved. And I love how he says, "I went to the White House again, again, yeah. <laughs> again." <laughs> and he was on the broadcast uh, announcement uh, when they were desegregating a, a specific school. Oh, that's it, right. Yeah, the Alabama yeah. by accident, yeah. and yes. then got to hand that nice lady her her book. Yeah. Uh, and then he did his right. wave, his iconic yeah, wave. His wave. Uh, he was a Vietnam veteran slash war hero, awarded the uh, Medal of Honor. Right. He spoke at a peace rally in uh, in D.C. He did. Um, he was a ping pong Olympic champion. And then that is why he met one of the, no, multiple presidents, but came from the ping pong do they? Yeah, multiple. I think so. At okay. least two, right? Just one. Okay, I'm making it up. He met a thousand presidents in this movie. So, uh, he met John Lennon. Yes, and inspired John Lennon to write Imagine. <laughs> right. Like, that's, right. He gives him the idea. I do wish Imagine. we could know what he said when the at the speech. Um, right. at the monument because right. the guy's like that's that all was I've great got to say you know? about that. so that's one of the things that this movie has been criticized for in in more recent years is it kind of depends on who you ask so some people say that this is a politically conservative movie like okay. some people, this is the like conservative uh, publications and websites and stuff like this have this as one of the great quote unquote okay. conservative movies okay. um, and then but then some people say no this movie was too scared to say what it was right that it didn't that it actually it all these things happen but it doesn't say anything and that's characterized very acutely at the moment at the rally where right. the, they're like they didn't have the nerve to let him actually say anything so they pulled the plug and you have to kind of try and fill in the right. gap I can't, I can't see that as a conservative agenda because it's like it shows him as the bad guy the guy pulling the plugs won't let people talk uh, uh, won't let people say there's no freedom of speech i feel like that clearly shows that it's not like a conservative movie yeah i, I think they say because of 
because of like sort of Forrest's conservative values, you know what I mean? That's right. what they kind of, but I I think it's kind of one of those things that's in the eye of the beholder, right? right? Because you can You're also see, see this as an yeah. anti-war movie, right? you know, you could see it as a pro-war movie, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? It just kind of is what I feel what, like they didn't state too much of what they felt, and I, yeah. I liked that. I like that it is that it is up to the discretion of the viewer. Yeah. And then, okay, so- he is the, I don't know if whistleblower is the right thing, but he is, he announced that Watergate was happening. That's right. Yes. He turned on, he turned <laughs> them on to Watergate. Yes. Uh, he becomes a shrimp magnate. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, he starts Bubba Gump shrimp company. Uh, so like, that's basically the same thing, but then it is and then invests in Apple. That's right. Early investor in a fruit company, yes. which turns out to be Apple. Um, he ran for three plus years and leads a cult of runners behind him. Right. And while doing so invented the, uh, how do I say that? The crap ish. happens. Yes. Ish happens. Bumper sticker. Yes. And the smiley face. And the smiley face. Day I love him for that. I love yeah. him for that. I love a good smile face uh and he becomes a dad i have that one written down too and then a millionaire yes less important while he's mowing he says go zillionaire yeah, yeah he that was, would be my life if i was a gozillionaire i would mow for free mow. Oh, oh yeah she enjoy would it. she absolutely would she loves it she actually had a game where she mowed I where she mowed it. on her phone you still have yes. it her two games are one where she colors Okay, uh, where she just, I'll just see her clicking just randomly and coloring like paint by number on the yeah. phone and a game where she mows. I have Pokemon Go. It's just nice <laughs> to relax. Yeah, yeah it is. A- you know, everybody has their thing. So he was, I mean, Forrest Gump was very skilled. Yeah. He was very skilled. He might've only had a 75 IQ, but you know what? That didn't matter, right. which I loved about this movie. The one, okay, I will tell you one of the two times I cried is when he meets little Forrest and he was like, he has a dad named Forrest, yes. which is super funny, but he looks at her and without saying anything, oh my gosh, it really got me. Uh, and he, he was like, is he smart? Smart. Or is he like, and then he points at himself and I went, oh Lord, I'm about to lose my mind. And I just started, I just started sobbing because I just feel like that. Like I'm not a dad, but I know that when I become a dad, I'm going to be like, you know what? Uh, Is he, is this kid short like me? Or is he tall? Is he a short king? He'll be good. He'll be a short king for sure. But like anything that you don't want your kids to deal with what you've had to deal with. And when I saw that, I was like, oh man. Yeah. I was like, that got me. I I have in my notes that that is the one moment in this movie that it connected with me as a viewer is Forrest asking if Forrest Jr. is smart because so largely what happens in this movie is, you know, I, I guess if there's any point to this movie, it is that Forrest Gump, despite his impairment leads a successful life, right? Absolutely. If you had to boil it down to kind of one thing, I think that's a much know, better summary than what we've right? than what we've read. But until that moment, you don't really see that he is aware of it, right? All this is happening, but he's pretty unaware that any of it is eventful at all. Right. This gave this, like that one moment gave, his character, a much larger complexity for me where I was like, Oh, he was aware of this, but he is just like, well, I'm just going to keep going. Right. I did love that. The military guy, the drill sergeant Uh was like, you're so smart. Like he kept yelling at him. (laughs) Like, how are you the smartest? I do. I do. I love that. I loved Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. But that moment. Oh no, no, no. Lieutenant Dan. Okay. But Lieutenant Dan, sorry. I was thinking of the point where they're trying to hook up with some hookers, I think. Yeah. And, and, uh, he falls out of his wheelchair and he's like, don't ever call him stupid. Yeah. And it is one of those like nobody, where I was like oh I love yeah, him nobody can pick on my brother but me there exactly. we go yeah, yes exactly. it is one of those moments but yeah that moment for me you see all Forrest's trauma come out 
and then kind of suck back Man. in. And then he but d- you yeah. see it just for a second. That's the only time you see him kind of break that, you know, he just has a steady demeanor yeah. through the whole movie, um, you know, and then. And just like, I mean, just to go ahead, because we're probably not going to go back to the other time I cried. It is definitely when he's over Jenny's grave and he's talking to her. And I was like, oh goodness, because I just like, I I do not a good thing where I put myself in that moment. Uh, And I was like, if I have to stand, which I won't, uh, but if I, you know, I put myself in the moment and I just went, ah, I don't love this. And he's having to say goodbye while raising his child. So uh, that is the other moment where I was like, (laughs) And Whitney's like, are you crying? And I was like, yes. It's like when you start to sniff too much and the person you're watching it with is like, oh, they're for sure crying. Like I always try to sniff in movies when it's not a sad moment, especially when I'm in the theater. I was like, I cannot show emotion. So this was one of those moments where I was like, That's I don't care. That's my favorite place to cry is in the theater. In the theater. But you and your best friend, Kara, who I'm sure will be here some at some point, you cry, you watched, laugh. We watched Marley and me and- cried so hard <laughs> that we were like, why are we crying so hard? A fictional character looked at each other and then started sob laughing <laughs> to where people were turning around thinking we were oh, horrible in people. The theater. We're in the theater, yes. in Marley and me in the theater. It was so fulfilling. Just all the spectrums of your emotions. What is the movie that we watched together in college? My Sister's Keeper. Oh my gosh. Oh. I, they st- I saw my peripheral vision, I saw them turning their head because it was the moment. Like terrible things are happening in my sister's keeper. And I said, don't look at me. I just said, do not look at me because I was, I was like one of those cries. And I was just, I just said, do not look at me. It was before we were dating. I think maybe we were dating, but I was just like, do not turn your head to me in this movie. So it was the same kind of concept. Right. Um, okay. I do want I, a couple more things I wanted to say just to go back to Jenny for a second. Uh, cause she would be sort of the next, I should have started with Forrest easily character, but whatever. Um, I just wanted to say that Jenny was frustrating, but so Jenny and Forrest, I think are both heavily symbolized in this movie. Um, they've never like, so Jenny is heavily symbolized, symbolized by the bird, right? Right. So Jimmy, right. Uh, Jimmy, Jenny from, from beginning to end is when, you know, the beginning of Jenny's journey, it's, a bird flying mm-hmm. and that is sort of Jenny's she's the free spirit right. she never comes to rest she's always you know whatever right she's riding on the wind um but purposefully right as opposed to forest who is the feather right forest is at the beginning we see the feather in the opening scene and it comes to rest at him and the and the feather cannot choose its own path it's blown around by the uh, wind and that's okay. largely what we see with forest right that he is just this life is happening around him and he's living through it. He's not necessarily in charge of it. You know what right. I mean? These things are just happening. He's running away from bullies and ends up starring on the Alabama football team. Right, you know what I mean? Right. It's like these things are all, and that's one of the things that I actually don't like about this because it's so unbelievable. Like you're trying to pretend to me like this is a real person that I'm supposed to I think that's my somehow connect part. with, but it's like he's, he, he backs into, it's just so unbelievable that one person, and I know it's not presented as real, but like, he backs into so many right. amazing accomplishments. You right. know what I mean? It just takes me out. I just go, okay. I think that's my favorite part of the movie. I just go, <laughs> yeah, I can, I can get with that. <laughs> but like, so, so you have the, that heavy symbolism for both of them. And then at the end you have the last time that we see, see Jenny's character is when Forrest is talking to her at the gravesite. And as he's, um, you know, as he's walking away, you see a flock of birds coming to rest in yeah. the tree. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's like her, her resting place. She finally, you know, finds home there. Um, and she dies of a 
of an unnamed sickness. Yeah. Watching it, I assumed it was HIV AIDS. Right. But apparently it's supposed to be hepatitis C. Okay. Which at, at that, that time sense. was still a, kind of an unknown disease. We didn't know exactly what it was. Um, yeah, Whitney was really afraid for both of the forests once. She she was like, if that's AIDS, she was like, this whole right. family may be going that down. That makes yeah. sense with it the, does. the type of drugs that they showed. Mm, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so apparently it's hepatitis C. Um, and she did other stuff. She wanted to be a famous singer like John Baez. She, you know, gets hired as a, a folk singing showgirl um, and, you know, all those things. But her her big symbolic, I think, her if she has a character arc, it changes with the scene of her listening to Freebird um, where she's she goes out. She she contemplates jumping off a bridge early in the movie, right? Right. And then there's a scene where she almost jumps off jumps out the window of a building while Freebird is playing. And the, the, the moment for her, and I can't remember, I almost want to say she's looking in a mirror, but that might be just me mentally making that happen. But when it's getting to the, to the lines in Freed about uh, Freebird about, Lord, help me, I can't change. Mm-hmm. You know, this bird, you cannot change, all that stuff. That's when she her character sort of turns, and she decides she's going to take a little more charge of her life. Right. You know what I mean? And be, um, you know, to... to sort of be in control of her own narrative, yeah. you know, I think at that point. And so you kind of see, you know, symbolic with her that it's free bird and she's the bird and it's Lord help me. I can't change. And she decides to change right there. And her, her arc is a little different after that. Right. It's not so, um, not so victimized, you know, after that she kind of takes control of her own life. Um, do you have anything else on Jenny? I don't, I did not go in, in depth with their character. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll really think of a few me. things, but I didn't go as, uh, in depth as you did on this part. I, uh, Lieutenant Dan, um, I, you know, it was, is a interesting character because at least he has, he has something, right? He, he does, you know, he, uh, he, somebody in his family fought and died in every American war. That was the legacy <laughs> it was all of him in the recaps, yeah, which I loved. Yes. The legacy of the, the Taylor family. Um, but, um, and so that is what he expected. So when he's, you know, at war and Forrest saves him, He's like, don't save me. It's my destiny to die. Like, mm-hmm. this is what my family does. You know and he's what I mean? so mad about that for so long. Yeah. And he, and he holds that in, you know, and it's part of it is I'm sure guilt. And part of it is, um, I don't know. I don't know what the rest of it is, but you know, it's just anger. Like the, you denied me my destiny, which surely he didn't, nobody wants to actually die, but he's like, okay, I have to live, but now I have to live with this disability. I have to right. live with this, you know, impairment. Um, <clears throat> and you kind of get the, juxtaposition of like forced is living with impairment too. Right. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a mental impairment, but he's like just chilling with it. You yeah. Know he's I mean? thriving. He's almost unaware of it. Yes. He, he's yeah. not, he's not, he is aware of it, but like, but he lives his life as though it doesn't impede him at all. You know? Yeah. Um, whereas uh, Lieutenant Dan is angry and kind of uses his thing as a, not a crutch. It's not a crutch, but it's <laughs> literally, a, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's an excuse to, for his life to suck. Yeah. You know and I, I mean? love that right. character. I love that character arc. I think he has a really great one. It, it's, it's natural. I feel like it does make sense. You go into that where he just goes into heavy drinking and sadness. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, might as well do something. Might as well become a, a shrimp boat novice. Right. <laughs> and then, and then he's like, you know what? I'm going to get me some fake legs. Um, and was his wife Vietnamese and a Vietnamese wife? Yeah, I believe so. And he was like, like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I mean, it was implied. Based implied. On, yes. Yeah. So, so he, 
I like that he, you know, he goes, okay, I'm going to be like Forrest. I'm right. going to just let it, I'm going to let it work at the end. Yeah. I just love how whenever he meets them and he asks if they're twins, they both are truly <laughs> so confused. Yeah. And I love it so much. We're, we're, what did he say? We're of no relation. <laughs> we're of like no that. relation. Yeah. I, um, and he, of course, you know, Lieutenant Dan has the showdown with God on the, on the boat at yep. sea. He's like, you know, it's, Cursing at God. I remember watching this as a child, just being like, oh my goodness, no. <laughs> right, right. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, but, uh, and still I watch this movie and go, the language, guys, come the on. The language. We- and, and I was like, PG-13. Especially in the military parts. I'm like, yeah. no. Right, like, right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always military. My dad, when I was in uh, high school, because my dad was a Marine, he was like, just be careful. Like some of his movies, his favorite movies are mm. like, but it full, full metal, metal jacket. jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you knew exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is like, and he's like, just you know, be careful when you watch it. Yeah. I was like, okay, got it. It's a, you get military, you're gonna get a thousand GDs just yeah. in a row. Most yeah. of them, most of them come from him. But yeah, I, I thought mean, it was funny yeah. Yeah. how yeah. he was so adamant about taking care of your feet. Yeah. I never he noticed was. that before. I didn't either until we watched it this time. I was like, ah, okay. He was like, everything's about the feet. Make sure you uh, take off your socks if they're wet. All that yeah. stuff, and then his just get you know blown to pieces. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, and you don't think when you're a kid about like oh, he's talking about like trench foot or whatever it's called, right, like right. you know whatever. Um, but yeah, so he, at least he has he has a respectable arc for me in this. Um, and then of course you have Bubba uh, Benjamin ah. Buford Blue, yep, who is just it it is cute. It's nice that Forrest gets a a best buddy. You know what I mean? He gets somebody a best who, good friend, a best good a friend. best good friend because he you know he is continually rejected, rejected, rejected. And the person that he really loves the most other than his mama being Jenny is just never, you know, emotionally available. Yeah. 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 And with Bubba, it's just, everything is all right there on the table. You know what I mean? And of course, why would we not be best friends, you know? Um, and so they just do everything together and then he makes, you know, Bubba the promise that he will do run his shrimp business after, you know, if he, if he doesn't make it. And of course, he doesn't make it, you know, and it's a, it's a sad moment. It is for sure. Vietnam sucked. I don't know what else yeah, to say. It about wasn't it. great. It was not a great time. I enjoy when he talks about the different kind of rain. Yes. So the, really, so I did a little research on the rain. Cause I was like, what's the thing about it raining for four months? He's like, one time it rained for four months. That was a real thing. In it was called Operation Popeye. You're not going to believe this. It's called Operation Popeye. It was a military cloud seeding project carried out by the Air Force what? in the Vietnam War, where they would fly above the clouds and drop things in the clouds to make the clouds heavy and fill them up with precipitation so that it would rain. Oh my and gosh. their intention was to disrupt um, Vietnamese supply lines, make the roads impassable by keeping the rain just pouring down all the time. What, was it, what were the like ecological, impl- like not implications? Yes. What happened because of that? Well, so basically they they kind of did it in secret. They, nobody of found course. out until later. Yeah. So they just did it without consultation or from like the, I can't remember if it was the EPA or like, but the, you know, environmental right. voices were not told about of course, this. Of course. They're just like, no, we're going to do this. And so we, they literally just changed the weather patterns over Vietnam and it would just rain, 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 rain constantly. But it was a military tactic. Wow. Well, in the movie, when it stops, that's when everybody, that's when it goes down. Yeah, they get yeah. attacked you know, so, immediately. Yeah. yeah. Oh so, man, that, that is wild? crazy. I, I, it just the fact that we, A, can do that and B, did that and see, I guess still lost in Vietnam. Like, <laughs> like we freaking changed the weather and we still lost. 
That's that, like, I had no clue. I had no clue that happened. I didn't even know it was possible to even slightly That's, change the weather. Yeah. So apparently there are two ways to seed clouds. They can be, they can be seeded from above from airplanes, helicopters, that kind of thing. And they, I can't remember exactly what it is they drop, but it's, it's, you know, it changes the, the, uh, the crystallization process inside the clouds and blah, 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 blah. And you can do it to make either rain or snow. Um, and then they can also be seeded from the ground by shooting stuff up into the sky. And they did this for four months. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Good grief. And it's sometimes, sometimes it's done with like electrical charges. They've tried different methods or whatever. Practically speaking, you know, the, the good side of that coin would be if you can successfully do it to try and, uh, you know, right. help crops and stuff like that. But and, no, we're using it for war. Yeah, we definitely always <laughs> war first with it's us. Always I don't, war first. I don't really understand. Um, all right. I have a question. I don't know. May, and maybe we'll cut this from the episode because it's, it's going to be a long one anyway. This is such a, such a long movie and so, so much to it. But do you guys know the concept of a Mary Sue in movies? No. Okay. So a Mary Sue is a character, and maybe I should just read a little bit of this so I can say it plainly. But basically, this is what Wikipedia says. A Mary Sue is a character archetype in fiction, usually a young woman who is often portrayed as inexplicably competent across all domains gifted with unique talents or powers, liked or respected by most other characters, unrealistically free of weaknesses, extremely attractive, innately virtuous, and or generally lacking meaningful character flaws. Okay? So, characters who have been accused of being a Mary Sue. Okay? okay? Ray from Star Wars. Uh, okay? Yeah. People who sort of instantly pick up and are good at everything they try. Right. Instantly successful with no real reason to be. Okay. Um, and, and sort of played as, um, perfect, you know, I could see that. Yeah. Right? Okay. She so, has a few flaws, but it's not like, in, uh, well, I mean, yeah, it's the dark so, side, so, but still, yeah. But so she, you know, people say, okay, Ray is a Mary Sue because she just picks up and all of a sudden she's got these Jedi skills and she's yeah. great with a lightsaber and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Right. And she's, you know, so, so my question is, it is Forrest Gump a Mary Sue. Is Forrest Gump, when you started it, I was like, oh yeah, I was like, maybe Jenny's a Mary Sue. And I was like, no, she's not. She has clear character flaws. He does seem, I guess on paper, he seems like a Mary Sue. Like he does have, so he has this, um, you know, this, this handicap, if you want to call it that of his low IQ, right? That is his challenge. But everything that he ever, he doesn't fail at anything. No. Through the entire movie. The only thing he fails at is a relationship with Jenny. And eventually that comes around too. Right. But still that's, works. that's on her. You yeah. know what I mean? So I'm just curious. If you, you guys listening, you let us know. And I know for some people, like the term itself is kind of offensive because it's usually weaponized toward women. Okay? But this is our male Mary Sue. Yeah, I'm talking about the male lead character. Quality. If it's Martin Forrest, Sue. you know, it's <laughs> Martin there, there have been, yeah, uh, like people have tried to make like a male version, uh, like a... Uh, Maury Sue, was that one? Maury I can't remember. Sue. Anyway, you okay. know, different. Maury and know. Mary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see. Favorite quotes. Of course, we talked about- Oh my gosh, it's so quotable. Life, li- we hear life is and life was, right? So right. he says, mama always says life was like, mama always said life was like a box of chocolates. Right. But when mama actually says it, she says life, life is, is like a box yes. of chocolates. Um, I think my favorite one is when he says- uh, just then something bit me and he goes, ah, something bit me. <laughs> I love that is one of my favorite thing in movies where the narrator will say something and the narrator being Tom Hanks in this yeah. and then going straight into the same character the, exactly, saying it. Yes. Absolutely love it. That was mine. And then the, whenever it says 
everybody said that was a million dollar wound, but the army must have kept that money because I didn't see a nickel of it. <laughs> I was like, oh my oh, god. Oh, it's so good. It's so cool. And my favorite. Go well, ahead. and you see him like think about it before he pulls his pants down to show the president his butt because yeah. he literally was like, but you see it in his eyes. There's but he's excitement. Like, okay. He just goes, absolutely. I'm going to drop trowel right here in front of the president. And the president's so pleased as he yeah. should be. But talks. My he's favorite. Like, my favorite of the whole one, uh, I think it's of the whole movie. Uh, I think it's Lieutenant Dan. He goes, have you found Jesus yet, Gump? He goes, I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for him, yeah. sir. <laughs> that is my favorite of the movie. And he kind of get, he gets a chuckle out of Lieutenant Dan for right. that. Like, you know, like the bitter Lieutenant Dan, yeah. he's about to talk about, you know, that's all they, all at the VA, everybody's talking about, they found Jesus and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's getting ready to tirade and force catches him off guard with that a little bit of a chuckle. That. And then of course you have like, Lieutenant Dan, ice cream, <laughs> you know. And then there's run, Forrest run. Yeah, all of course. There's like, I, I mean, there's He says, um, I'm sorry, I had a fight in your Black Panther party. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And they're all just like, I just think he's such a redeeming character that everyone's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And how he, when he yells happy new year to Lieutenant Dan and he's just not having it oh, in yeah. the bar. Yes. And I do like whenever she's trying to make out with him and he just says, she tastes like cigarettes. <laughs> he's like, like cigarettes. <laughs> oh all right. my gosh. I have a few more notes about the movie and then we're going to get into the recast. I can't um, wait. If this movie were made right now, it would be about events taking place in the early to mid 90s through the early 2010s. Forrest would have experienced 9 oh, no. 11, met Presidents oh, no. Clinton and Bush. He would have probably stopped Y2K from happening. Okay. Like, you know, like he's the, the reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like he would have, yeah, been the, you know, he trips over a computer wire and it stops Y2K from actually happening yes. or oh, something like man. that. Oh, uh, man. I was trying to think of some of the other, like, major events that Forrest would have, you know, taken part of. Was Afghanistan that time? He would have been either so Afghanistan, been- Iraq. Yeah, He would have been the reason that Janet Jackson had uh, <laughs> had a nip slip at the Super Bowl. He absolutely, like, something would have happened for him to be there. He would have been playing in the Super Bowl yeah. and it, he would have been the reason. <laughs> Yes, that's right. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, let's see. The novel the movie is based on has Forrest Gump growing up in Mobile, Alabama, which is a coastal town uh, yeah. in in southern Alabama. But the movie uses the fictionalized Greenbow. Greenbow, yeah. Alabama. I love it. Um, it was all filmed in Georgia and South Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Most even the Vietnamese parts. Yeah. Were in which South is, Carolina. Well, which I was like, like, I get State it. parks and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I when I was in the Philippines, I was like, everything looks like Forrest Gump. It looks mm. like. I mean, the Philippines close to Vietnam, yeah. but it was it was shocking. It was shocking that those scenes and you assume like the mountains in the distance and the specific type of palm trees and like bog area type things. You assume that's not South Carolina, but they did really good. Yeah. I assume that some of the far background elements are digitized in. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, they had, it's like, I keep thinking, Oh, they didn't have CGI in 94, but they, you know, CGI'd all of these moments. Yeah. Um, and then now, and Bayou Labatre is real, real and yeah. is, is part of the shrimping industry, like steeped in the, in the shrimping industry, which is kind of cool. I love it. I love it when they'll just, just be so honest and maybe not honest and open, but when movies are like, this just makes sense. Let's just put it where the shrimp capital is. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Um, in the first scene, <clears throat> excuse me. I just thought this was a funny thing in the first scene where we see young forest as an adult, we first see Tom Hanks. He's getting chased uh, by the bullies in their truck, right? They're chasing him down yeah. in a truck and Jenny says, run for us, run, you know, at the first time it happens as an older guy, he turns the corner 
and he <laughs> runs out of frame and he is at maximum 10 feet in front of that truck. Yeah. Right. And then they immediately pan the camera around the corner and he is a half acre ahead yeah. of the guys in the truck. That is one of my, that's one of my favorite things. I think that's so funny. I think it is so fun. I'm just He's like that fast. Yes. Just that like <laughs> turn of the camera and that's the magic of what it is. Like surely right. he ran off screen and someone else is like 50 feet ahead yeah, of them and sure. he's running. I love that. I think that is the best form of comedy. Did you I, see? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I took from that. Like, who are these children's parents? Right. How were they raised to think you could just run over a human being? Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, understand. it was the South. A lot of people in the South felt no. like they were in charge of a lot of other people. Still do, man. Yeah. We got to, we got to do better. You guys. Um, did you see who his uh, stunt double was? Oh, it was his brother. Oh yes. I saw that. No one else could keep up with like the intensity of the runs. Really? Yes. Like his brother was like, he can do it, but there was so much running that that was a vital point. Okay. I don't know why I just knew his brother was the stunt double for the running just yeah. because mm-hmm. no one else could really like keep up with it. So, so yeah, his brother was the stunt double. The, uh, the, the guy who runs up behind Forrest when he's on his three year run, and his like his first running disciple, you know what I mean? Oh, he was yeah. like, dude, I get is it. Is it that college student? It. Yeah, yeah, yes. college student. Do you know who that is? No. It's Jeremy Piven. Who's Jeremy Piven? Uh, or what he is he was on Entourage. Oh. Um, he's, you definitely know him if you see him. Right, uh, right. I'm trying to think of what else, but his kind of most famous thing is Entourage, but he's got a, he's got a face that you'll know uh, when we see it. Producer yep. showing, okay, Whitney gasped. Yeah, Whitney Let me see him. it. Yeah. Oh that yes. Guy. Okay. It took me a second because his glasses. He's oh, very young. Man. I would not have known that was I him. I just happened to, I was like, I think that's Jeremy Piven. And then I looked him up and sure enough, that's him. Uh, there was a planned sequel for Forrest Gump. Oh the my. Screenplay for the sequel was written by Eric Roth, who wrote, uh, who wrote Forrest Gump, uh, the movie, the screenplay. Um, in 2001, it is based on the original novel sequel, which is called Gump and Co. Uh, written by Winston Groom, the writer of the original novel in 1995. Roth's script begins with uh, Forrest sitting on a bench waiting for his son to return home from school. Like, so that's the last thing we see in the movie, you know. After the September 11th attacks, Roth, Zemeckis, and Hanks decided the story was no longer relevant. Mm. Um, In March 2007, however, it was reported Paramount Pictures took another look at the screenplay. This is all from Wikipedia. On the first page of the sequel novel, Forrest Gump tells readers, don't ever let nobody make a movie of your life story. Okay, that's pretty good what you just did. Thank you. I I was excited about that. Um, And whether they get it right or wrong, it doesn't matter. Anyway, Man, um, that was good, Rob. That's better. You. I can't I do that, that accent. That's my first successful impression of, of, of our podcast. Okay, well, it was um, great. The first chapter of the book suggests the real life events surrounding the film have been incorporated into Forrest's storyline. So it's about him becoming, uh, you know, made a, a person of interest because they made a movie about his life. Right. So it's sort of like this meta narrative you have with him. During the course of the sequel novel, Gump runs into Tom Hanks, and at the end of the novel in the film's release, includes Gump going on the David Letterman show and attending the Academy Awards. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I don't think it would be as successful as Forrest Gump. The second no. movie rarely is yeah. until you get to like Sister Act 2 and things like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, that would have been awesome. Yeah. I, I have a few notes. Okay. Lieutenant Dan's, based on uh, Lieutenant Dan's character, Gary Sinise started, uh, is it a like a, where was it at? In, inspired by, by Lieutenant Dan Taylor, the military veteran character he played in the movie, Gary Sinise co-founded a rock and roll cover band during the mid-2000s called the Lieutenant Dan Band oh my and gosh. has raised over uh, 
30 million. Oh, it's over 30 million per year. What? Uh, and has 12. Yeah. So he now has basically a whole foundation for injured war veterans. Yeah. And wow. uh, they have 12 private jets, which they fly these veterans and sick children everywhere. Uh, and yeah, Good he's helping Dan. out a lot. Yeah, he's wow. helping out a lot. Of, Gary Sinise is helping out a lot of veterans. So some good came out of this movie. It really did. It really did. Even for you and 33 Bubba Gump shrimp co's came out of this yes, movie as well. Yes, it's true. I, they actually went Have you ever been the to restaurant. One? I've been once. Yeah. Uh, which it's one? Uh, I think it's probably Pigeon Forge. Is the mine's, one yeah, Pigeon mine's Forge, the Gallagher. Pigeon Forge Bubba Gump. I think, and then I maybe have been to the one in Destin, which that's terrible. I think I read somewhere where it- No. I don't know if there's one in Destin. It was the first restaurant to be based on a movie. Oh, or something oh, wow. like that. I mean, I guess in it, Cal- it started in California. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's surprising. I would have assumed Alabama, yeah, maybe Louisiana. But yeah, like I mean, that seems like a Gulf Shores type uh, yeah. treasure. But yeah, there's 33 of them, which that actually surprised me. I thought that there'd be far more. Yeah. I don't know why. I thought more than 33. Slide up to the snack bar. All right, it's time once again for the often imitated, never duplicated, the <laughs> recast. Um, let's get into the recast segment. We're going to make this movie right now in 2023. Who are we putting in the most important roles in the movie? Um, let's flip a coin. Let's flip a coin to okay. see who goes first. Alexa, flip a coin. I'll take heads. You take tails. Okay. Okay. You got tails. Ah, All right, tails. You go first. Let's do. Okay, so let's start with least important. Okay, maybe not least important. Do you okay. want to go back and forth? No, no, no. Go for it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so least important, uh, Miss Gump. I know that sounds bad, okay. yeah, but you know, mom. she is. Is her name ever? Is her first name ever mentioned? I don't think so. Does I don't know, but even in the casting, it was Miss Gump. Mm, so I looked. Okay. I looked into that. Okay, so originally it's Sally Field. Love Sally Field. There was only one person that I th- on all of these. They're basically. Oh, this one, maybe, maybe never mind. Uh, some of these, I don't, I haven't seen the emotional range, but I just, I'm believing that they have the emotional right. range for it. Because that's what we trusted Tom Hanks with. Exactly. With and movie. he, he did it. Uh, Helena Bottom Carter. <gasps> I almost cast her. Did you really? Yes, she was my second. Oh, she's my absolute, she's one of my favorite people, favorite actresses of all time. Helen, I, and I'm, I want to say Helena. Yeah. Bonham Carter. Yeah, okay. Hell yeah. I just I immediately, like when you have to say something out loud, you're like, that's not right. <laughs> yes. As Helena earlier with Henry Cavill. <laughs> yes. yes. Helena Bonham Carter, I think has the emotional range. She can look old. Yeah. She can look like a decrepit witch. Uh, <laughs> Sally Field never got there, but uh, she can look old. Uh, she has the, uh, a bit, she's pretty enough to, mm-hmm. I don't know, sleep with a principal to get a kid in a school. <laughs> she, uh, she just has the, I think she has the emotional range. We've seen it in several of her films. Yeah. So I think Helena, Helena Bottom Carter. I remember watching that as a kid and not, I didn't have a clue what. Didn't understand. No, no, and then you're absolutely. like, why is Force making donkey noises? <laughs> I, like, Which I, I love. Know. I love that he does that. I'm like, there you uh, go. Um, yeah, that's great. I, she was my my literal, she was my choice until I thought about who my choice really okay. was. And so who's your choice? I aimed for some people who I felt like could be authentically Southern. Okay. Um, and so, because one of my pet peeves is, people doing bad Southern accents. It's just one of those things that we absolutely, we hear all the time. And so we know when somebody doesn't have it, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I'm sure it irritates British people to no end, absolutely. Or, you know, not so bad when I like, if I hear a, Brit- a person who I know is British, they're doing an American accent and I hear it slip, you know, it's not whatever it's fine. endearing, but, but Southern is a different, a different thing. You know what I mean? So my forest mom could definitely be authentically Southern. And I think she has that. Um, I don't, I, I mean, you could call her, I guess, a modern day sort of equivalent to Sally Field. I think Sandra Bullock is my choice for. Forest oh yeah, Mom. I could see that work. 
it's a different, it's a different kind of, a, I think a different kind of character, maybe not a different kind of character, but she's a different, a different feel of an actress because so much of her career, she's been played as hot. Right? Yeah. Like she's, you know, playing yeah. hot roles and Sally Field, that was never not much her thing after her early career. But um, I think Sandra Bullock could do it. If you think of like the blind side, but 20 years later, you know yeah. what I mean? That Sandra it's Bullock. Just, yeah, it's just that side of the blind side. Yeah. I kind of thought about, I don't know why, Gina Davis or Sigourney Weaver. Those were the two that okay. I was thinking of. They can't really be Southern. I was trying to think, have I seen them old somewhere? I think Maybe Gina Davis why. could probably do Southern. I, I love Gina Davis. Gina Davis is a real man's man. She has, <laughs> she, I love her. She has the, uh, she has the jawline I wish I had. <laughs> That's what that, yeah, but I could see her in this. But maybe it's because of, um, oh no, a league of their own. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be mm -hmm. why I put them for together. sure. Also, yeah, yeah the, if, if I'm going to watch any baseball movie, that'll be the one. A league of their own. Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay. Next on the list, I would say this, the second least important of the top five okay. is Bubba Blue. Okay. Okay. Played by, I'm going to let you say that, McKelty Williamson. That is McKelty how Williamson. I, okay. That Who? is how I would say his name. Okay. I don't know who that is. What's Michael T. Uh, no, uh, no, 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 no. I'm saying that oh, is who Buzz played oh, Bubba I'm sorry, Blue. That was the actor. McKelty yes, Williamson, yes. I think, sorry. is how you would say that. Yes, I believe so. Yes. Okay, so I, um, I gender bent this one. Okay. I. This is a hard role to fill. It's got to be someone that can play into some stereotypes. It's got to be someone who like values that they can play into that, but also bring a, a beauty to it. Okay. So I gender bent this one to a comedian. Okay. Leslie Jones. Okay. She okay. is just giant. Okay. Oh, so she is, I would gender bend this. Cause now we're in modern times. There's going to be a lot of women in the army yeah, as well. Women serving. So, yeah. so she is, I, I imagine. And then I imagined my <laughs> recast for Forrest Gump, who is much smaller than Tom Hanks holding her, like carrying her out of the, and she is like, she, she's over six feet tall, yeah. which he didn't do. They had cables on yeah, him right. to they hold had him cables up because right. he was too heavy. And but I was like, he, I get that. They were I was watching them do a look back or whatever, where they had the strings too tight, so he was way too high. <laughs> he was like, like too Tom easy Hanks to carry. Was like that doesn't this look feeling, good. Yeah. You know? So I recast it and gender bent it as Leslie Jones okay. because I feel like she could bring the humor into it, but yeah. also I'm I'm trusting that she can carry through in the same way that we trusted. Tom Hanks could carry okay. through with this. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Um, I went with, and I partially because I just think he could do it and do it well. And partially because I just want to see this guy in oh, as no. many movies as possible. I went with Jonathan majors who is, Aww. Oh, um, is he Thanos? He, uh, not Thanos. What yes, is it? He's Kang. Kang. Yes. And he's, uh, yeah. he's oh, in the new, Oh man. Uh, he's in the new Creed movie. I want to He has the lips for this. He, he, is, he said, what's wrong with your bottom lip? Is that what he says? Well, he did yeah. that on purpose. That's I know, not he, what did. His I know he did like. it on purpose, but I think, I think Kang has some, has some big lips. Yeah. It um, would have worked. So yeah, I think, uh, I think he would be great. And I just want to, I want to see him. I like him a lot. He's such a good actor. Great. Yeah. I can't wait for his career. He, like, I feel like he's in a, a whole bunch right now. He and, is. Uh, he's just, he's just taken off. Did you recast this one? The majors. I didn't recast this one, but I was trying to look at, um, what movie we just watched him in. It's and it was on, surprising. Is it the one on where Netflix. he's a, where he's basically it's a like Western? A, yeah, him, him, on, and a, uh, him and several black actors have have like they're basically the it's basically the Wild Wild West. Yeah, 
and it has what's her name Regina, and she's the amazing. They fall. Regina Bell. It's oh, good. My it was really good. Goodness, we like it's got some language, okay? Yeah. But it's one of those that you're like, how much are you willing to put up with? Mm. I would put up with all of it. <laughs> I put up with double what it has. And he's so, also in uh, Lovecraft Country. Uh, if anybody's watched that on streaming, Lovecraft Country, and he's in some uh, movie that's like a where he's like a fighter pilot. Um, I can't yes. think of what it is. There's it's a new it's a new one. Um, anyway, it's fantastic. I'm, I like Devotion. Is Idris Elba the bad guy in that movie? Oh man, that's such a good movie. An, a Idris Western... Elba. I would recast Idris Elba as the the drill sergeant. <laughs> if Idris Elba is in a western, I'm gonna watch it. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Every time I hit my funny bone, by the way, I say I hit my Idris Elba. Oh my god, it's awful. That's my dad joke. Okay. Right. I think that's fantastic. Thank you. All right, moving on. So okay. I guess we're at Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, that makes sense for okay. the next one. Okay, so Gary Sinise played Lieutenant Dan and he did it beautifully. The only person that I think has that gruff nature can do comedy. Um, I just, the only person I could think of is Jeremy Renner. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think Jeremy Renner oh. could have done that really mm. well. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a little bit of comedy. He yeah. can be real. He can be a drunk cripple uh -huh. very easily. I just think he could do that really, he could really be, well. Yeah, he could definitely bring the serious military. I like that choice a lot. I like that choice a lot. Thank you. Um, I didn't, weirdly, I didn't go too far away from that. I went with Oscar Isaac. Oh, um, I love Oscar Isaac. I know, right? He's, he's just, the best. I watch him in anything. He's, he's so good. And I feel like he could do that gruff yeah but, and i feel like he is drawn to parts that have a redemptive arc mm -hmm. kind of like that yes. you know what i mean so did you know it's he a, was the lead singer of a christian ska band i i think i heard that but i <laughs> brushed it out of my memory and i don't know why because that is incredible <laughs> yeah anyway so but i think i think uh i think he could crush as lieutenant Dan. i picked three different people okay what? <laughs> Well, because I was trying to think and I couldn't think. So some of them I'm not proud of, but. That's the groundbreaking CGI. For this version, they're going to composite three, these three, three people <laughs> into a digital actor. Well, I was thinking of the gruffness, but then the nicest. And I was probably thinking of um, the Hunger Games, but I thought Woody Harrelson would be. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah sure. That's a great pick. Yeah. I love Woody Harrelson. And then um, I thought of the gruffness part. Well, now I'm embarrassed. I don't think it's good. No, say it's it, too late. Bob Thornton. Okay. Because sure. he could be gruff. Yeah. And, but. Okay. I, don't, I only I've, heard Bob. Don't think Thornton. I've ever seen I him. No I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. You don't Billy, know who Bob Billy Bob Thornton. Thornton. No, no. I thought you just said Bob Thornton, and I was like, <laughs> "Is that a chicken company?" I don't know. It just sounded Tim, Billy Bob. What is it? Tim, Tim Horton. Tim Horton. That's it. That's it. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Bob Thornton's <laughs> Chicken and Shrimp. <laughs> okay, sorry, Billy Bob Thornton. And what is your third it, one? Because I I had Kurt Russell, and I think that won't okay. work. Yeah. I don't think that one work. I think Billy Bob might be a little old now yeah, to be true. to be a lieutenant. So Woody Harrelson. And I thought of something so offensive that I just remembered. It's not oh. actually that offensive. I mean, they've already done it. Bubba Blue. Okay, I thought my first thing before I cast him as Leslie Jones, the female comedian. Oh. I just thought. Why don't we just put Robert Downey Jr. when he was in Tropic oh, Thunder? No. no. <laughs> and I'm not a fan of it. Apparently, there weren't too many critics on his role for that, though. So for that. Yeah, I was shocked that he didn't shocked. get more. How can you do but I, like I, blackface in modern day? I don't know. But he has a lot of fans and a lot of fans uh, in that community that were just all about it. I, and I guess part of it had to have been that that was the joke. Yeah. Right. That They're like, this he is clearly was a stupid. guy. He's an actor playing like he like it's a meta, right? Because it's it's not just 
he's an actor in blackface. It's that he's an actor playing an actor who does a role in blackface. Right. So that right. has to be the only way it's excusable. It's just one all. of those things that we look past that I go, how is a society where we pick apart everything? Have we looked past this? But we yeah. did. Well, I think it definitely had to be somebody of color because that was the whole point. It was has the time. His role. He, him yes. being a best, having him as his good best friend. Yeah. yeah. His that role. was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. It has to be recast of someone with yeah. color. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't have a white Bubba. No, no way. No, that's not going to work. I don't that's even like, scary. there's no white Bubba's that mm-hmm. I like. No, I don't sorry like if you're out there and your name's <laughs> Bubba. Please comment. Please tell us you're a good person. I'm sure you are. If you're listening please to this, you're a good person. Prove to us your worth as a human being, please. All right. Moving on to Jenny. Yes. Who you got? I am so proud of this. I feel like this is Oscar level. Isaac. Okay. Oh. Oscar <laughs> Isaac. Oscar <laughs> Isaac as Jenny. I feel like this is uh, the best one of my okay. pick, I think. Right. Okay. Zendaya. She is. She can play a crack addict. She's pretty. She can sing. I think that she has the full range to be Jenny. I think she has the ability to like encompass that she was uh, that she was abused as a child. She could give off some Southern roots. It would also bring another layer to it that yeah. he was in love with a woman mm-hmm. of color. Yeah. So I liked the idea of all of this. I like Zendaya. I thought she was the perfect pick for this. Now your faces are proving <laughs> that maybe I didn't get it right on the, I'm still I, sticking by, I'm still sticking no, to it. I think Zendaya. It's not something that initially I just went, yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But I, Zendaya is another one of those that I'll watch her in anything. In Anything. She's, she's fantastic, great. except Euphoria, because I'm pretty sure it's foul. But I want to watch it for Zendaya. Right. Yes. Um, okay. I could I could get there for sure. I okay. would not be mad if Jenny was yeah. recast as Zendaya. Um, I tr- I tried so hard. Jenny is like such a vibe, right? That yeah. like so I was just <laughs> sort of laser focused on matching that vibe with somebody, yeah. and so Zendaya was kind of the opposite of. I don't know. Zendaya just didn't, wasn't on that, yeah. on that spectrum for me. So to hear you say that kind of threw me. Um, so I went with Dakota Fanning. As oh Jenny. man. Yeah. Current day Dakota Fanning Current could day. smash yeah. that. And so yeah. she's, she's still, I, she is, I think roughly the same age that mm-hmm. Robin Wright was. She was like 25, 27, something like that yeah. at the time. And, and Dakota Fanning is right there. Um, I, the only challenge I think for her might be playing, older Jenny, you know, as older, but they didn't right. do anything really with Robin Wright, except maybe they, didn't. they just her gave her the yeah. mom haircut yeah, you and just gave her of, a waitress outfit and she was good to go. Yeah. You just kind of, you just kind of go with it. So based on that, I think Dakota Fanning, I, I think she would be, I think she would be. that's fantastic. Okay. I thought of Julia Roberts, like back in her, um, pretty woman days. Mm-hmm. So they because did, she so was for making the first bad half decisions, of the movie, you know. Yeah. So for the first half of the movie, she'd probably have to be a little CGI'd, right? Okay. They would have to de-age her because this oh, yeah, is yeah. current day. Oh, okay. No, no I'm just right. I'm in and out of time here. I'm just thinking. <laughs> would different. he plays by her own rules? <laughs> no, just see. Hey, in the same realm as Forrest Gump, let's just CGI yeah. the whole first half and know. let her get you know, and then like maybe just give her a little makeup for the oldest scenes. Yeah. Right in the middle, though. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Julie yes. Roberts. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's good to go. I immediately recast her as Miss Gump in my head just now. And I was like, wait a second. She doesn't get that no. old. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it would work in the same form. CGI. It would work. I think so. Yeah. Now we've got. All right. Let's do it. This is the, the big Forrest challenge. Gump. This is the one I'm the least confident in. It okay. is played by Tom Hanks and he did a masterful job of this movie. The only person that I think 
And I researched and researched. So excited. The only person I think that could do this emotional range, because it's a it's hinted with a little bit of funny. Okay. Yeah. It is a it is a comedy. We don't a dramedy of some kind. I think Daniel Radcliffe. Because for a whole movie, he played a corpse. <laughs> Was it, was it called, what is it yeah. called? What is the, uh, oh gosh. It's I cannot, called, well, it's, it's called when someone is good at everything, they are a, uh, a Mary Sue. No, <laughs> right, right. Bring it back. A Mary Sue, but they, uh, a Swiss army, a Swiss oh, army yeah, man. Swiss army That's man. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he is literally, he, I think he has, I've not seen it and I really want to. Whitney thinks it's a weird movie. So it'll be a me watch alone. It kind freaks of movie. me out. I can't look right, at him. But thinking he's, he's basically dead. a corpse the yeah. whole movie. So I go, he has the emotional range <laughs> to play someone who maybe is not all there in the intelligence range, but also a little funny. And I think the one scene out of Harry Potter, the one scene out of Harry Potter that made me think this was possible is when he said pincers and he does that little thing because he's like drunk in Harry Potter. He's not drunk, but he's like uh, that it made me think he has the comedy chops to play this. I yeah. think Daniel Radcliffe has the ability to do this. I mean, he's definitely got comedic. He played Weird Al in the Weird Al right. movie. You're right. Have you, you have you seen that oh, yet? Yeah, it's great. Oh, he's great. In okay, it. so he did good in it. Yeah. So he can do the comedy. Oh, he's very funny. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I think Daniel Radcliffe, I'm the least proud of that pick. Okay. But I still stand by it. Okay. All right. Um, I went, I have a couple, but my first choice, I'm still going to stick with them as my pick, but I'll give you my alternate after you do yours in case I, in case I step on your, okay. Uh, but my choice I think has, has could play authentically Southern enough, at least to the degree that Tom Hanks did. Yeah. He's from California, I think, but he, he could, I, but I think he could pull it off. Um, definitely funny. Definitely nails the drama. He's the right age. And I can, I kind of think the right, like sort of demeanor. Um, and you could say he's like a modern day younger Tom Hanks. I think you could give him that title ish. I'm going to go with Joseph Gordon Levitt as Forrest Gump. Man. Yeah. The, the demeanor he's got small eyes. I don't know how else to explain it, but other than that, <laughs> he does I have think small it, eyes. Like I think kind it, of squinty is, eyes. it is, it is like, it is like, they're just small and just like yeah. so circular. Uh, I don't know how, as eyes normally are, but, but I, I think that's a great him, though, With that in mind, I just thought of this when you said that, imagine him has, as Haley Joel Osment's dad. Oh man, it works. It totally, the and face is like every time this comes up, I love Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment. I love him so much. Uh, so as soon as he came on, I was like, I completely forgot he was yeah, the son. I did too. But it just, oh my gosh, I love him. And it, and it, it tracks to have him as his father. Yeah. It would have worked. <laughs> it really it would have worked. worked. Okay. Producer Whitney, who you okay, got? I said Leonardo DiCaprio because right. I'm thinking uh, of him in What's Eating Gilbert, Gilbert Grape. Grape. And so- you know, he yeah. has emotional range but. to play different. Uh, now that's not an IQ, but yes, I, I think he could do that. That's yeah, that's solid. Okay, What's your second pick. Rob? My second choice was Barry Keoghan. Not, a, I have He's, no clue. You'll know is. his face. You'll know his face for sure. Barry Keoghan. Yeah, K E O G H A N. Barry Keoghan. Um, oh man, yes. Right. He's in the Eternals. Uh -huh. Right. Uh, I love, I, he, he is good in almost everything. And yeah. he, I could see that gruff, uh, Southern, but nice kind of thing with yeah. that. I, yeah, he, I love that. He's play. probably a little young. Um, but cause I don't, I'm not sure if he's even 30. Um, and Tom Hanks was like 35 ish. I think when he, okay. when he did Forrest Gump. I think Barry, K I didn't know his name. He is probably one of my new favorite actors. I know he's been around for a while, but man, he's very good. Yeah. He's in something uh, right now that's blowing up and I can't think of what it is. It's on the, it's on one of the streaming services. It's like an, 
Irish thing. Banshees. Um, banshees of. Yes, the Banshees of. Uh, in a Sheeran. I'm yeah, sorry. The Banshees sorry of Ed, all Ed of our Irish um, <laughs> The Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Thank you. And he played, if you've seen the Batman, uh, he, yep. he played the Joker essentially in the Batman. Like it, when the Riddler finds a friend in the jail, it's it. Was that in a, a, a uh, post credits scene? I don't remember I so. that. It's at the very so. end, whether it's post credits or not, but uh, mid credits or something. But anyway, he, you find, he finds a friend that is it, assumed to be the Joker, and that's very right. Cute. I assume we're going to see as the Joker at some point now. Man, I hope so. He's such a great actor. But all right, there you have it. There's our uh, recast official of Forrest Gump. We need to know what you're thinking out there. Uh, send us a message on Instagram uh, at Cinema Snack Bar, or you can go to cinemasnackbar.com and uh, leave us a message there and let you, let us know where we got it right where we got it dreadfully wrong and how you would rectify the situation. Absolutely. Um, I want to know who your, who your Forrest Gump would be. I want to know who your Bubba Gump would be uh, or your Bubba, uh, Blue. Bubba Blue. Bubba, 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 Bubba Blue. Gump. It just rolls off the top does, you know, at this point. So yeah, let us know. Okay. That does it for the recast. And now it's time to get to the nitty gritty. We've made some homemade chocolate. Let's okay, go. Okay, we've attempted to make we've, some homemade yeah, chocolate. We're, we're about to find out. We made out it. It, it just we, may not be the best. You're right. You're right. We tasted it a couple times, and it might have been the most bitter dark chocolate I've ever had. So yeah. we're going to see if we if we milked it up enough. That's right. So here we go. Right after the jump, we're going to be back here, and we're going to try this chocolate concoction. Slide up to the snack bar. All right, kids. It's time. So here's what we've done today. Uh Proving that life is like a box of chocolates and you never know what you're going to get. We made possibly could be the worst chocolate of all time. We're about to find out. We don't know like taste wise, but texture wise, we are on the verge of fudge. Yes. That's what we've come out with. So I'll walk you through the process and then we'll kind of talk about what happened on our end and how you might do things differently and learn from our misadventures. Um, The ingredient list is pretty simple. Um, You need some, Cocoa butter um, or cacao butter, they are Which functionally, been the, functionally the same. Okay, um, yeah. But uh, the, the, um, the, oh my gosh, it's a little different. The flavor profile is kind of different or whatever, uh, but it's like little, um, you can find little like discs or you might even find cacao, what they call nibs. Um, and that's what your main melting is going to come from. So it's basically unsweetened completely. Like, I don't care if you've had like hundred percent dark chocolate. It's not that it's worse than that. It is worse. It tastes like we, we tried some a little earlier and yeah. it tastes like, uh, dirt coffee. Yeah. Is what it, yeah, yeah. It, it was like nothing for a second and then just the worst dirt coffee grounds. I just want to know who tasted that and thought, I'm going to revolutionize the world of candy with this plant. Yeah. It, yeah, it's like um, you can, yeah, the, who, whatever genius it is, they just taste something and they find something to go, okay, what happens if we heat it, fry it, or sweeten it? Yep. You know what I mean? And this I is, mean, it made it wonderful. I am now a huge fan of chocolate, but what we made today- May not have been that. Yeah. So you're going to need some some cacao butter or cocoa butter um, and make sure it's food grade. You need some dry milk powder, um, which is, or, or just, just dry milk uh, or powdered milk. They're all the same. Those things are all the same. Um, you can use, if you want a dairy-free version, you can use coconut milk powder or soy milk powder. 
Um, we went with just regular. Very milk possible to make chocolate in a vegan way, yeah. which I didn't realize. That's why I don't understand why it's so expensive to get vegan chocolate when I was on a huge vegan kick. <laughs> and now I just go, this is easy. You could do this right. at home. So all my vegan friends, let's let's make that chocolate at home. Right. You, uh, the next thing you need is uh, cacao powder or cocoa powder. Um, this is pretty, pretty easy to find. Uh, just make sure it's 100% cocoa or cacao. Again, the flavor profile is a little different, but functionally for the recipes purposes, they're the same. Um, a little bit of salt um, that really enhances the flavor and adds some depth and um, sweetener. You can use, this says this is optional, but I do not see this as an option. No, sweetener is not optional for this, need, even if it's minimal. Yeah, uh, so powdered sugar uh, works great. Avoid liquid sweetener though, because it can seize up the chocolate in the cooking process and, and just, you don't want to brick your chocolate, okay? Yeah. Um, although our chocolate maybe could have used a little bricking. Yep, um, yep. And so he, he, here's what we did. <laughs> The other thing that this recipe doesn't tell you immediately that you're going to need is uh, a kitchen um, scale. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's maybe where we went wrong because we were sort of measuring these things, but then it's, these are all dry measurements and it's telling us very specific dry measurements. Um, First, you, you melt the cacao butter in a double boiler. You're going to need a double boiler, which is you can just use two pots to kind of serve the same purpose. You boil water in the bottom pot, and then it heats indirectly the top pot. Which was very um, nice to watch. Yeah, aesthetically pleasing. using a real double boiler is is a very pleasant process. Ours is glass, and so you kind of you know see all the what's going. On. Kind of feels like a laboratory. Yeah, it does. You know. And so that melts gently the the cacao butter. Um, once that's doing that, then you add kind of the other ingredients. You can sift them in, but we we didn't sift them in. Maybe that was a problem. We tried a little bit, I, but it's still to the we. I think we ran into our first problem when there was so much dry ingredients. Yeah that it did not do well with the cocoa butter. That's right. Uh, so it became brownie texture pretty quick. Yeah. And, and I think maybe some of where we, we ran into that problem because of the, um, the measurement. So we were trying to, I just did some quick research and found that like, uh, allegedly that a, uh, you know, a dry ounce is equivalent to about 45, uh, I'm sorry, to about 30 uh, milliliters in a, you know, in a liquid uh, cup measure. Um, I now do not believe that to be necessarily accurate, um, <laughs> because when we started mixing the ingredients, it just started turning into like cake batter, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, was that what you, you were doing the stirring. So yeah, yeah, it was for sure. It was like the thickest brownie mixture I've ever experienced. So we, we added some, we added some powdered milk and water. So we made milk and we added some milk to it. We added more of the, ca- uh, the cocoa butter, yeah. cacao butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just until it looked like chocolate. Yeah. And another thing that we did, we started off with one of the new kind of, um, new kind of whisks that's like circular and has other little circles in it. And it works great for some stuff. I don't think it worked for this. Um, because once we switched to a more traditional whisk, it was a much better, we started getting like liquefied chocolate look. So a traditional metal whisk worked really well for this. This is, yeah, that's that's the direction you need to take. That may be coincidence because by then we were trying to add other ingredients going, this is not going to work. We got to try something. We've wasted this whole, you know, opportunity, but. So we've made something. Yeah. I think this is the least successful cinema snack bar 
uh, for sure make yeah so our far, recipe yeah yes mm-hmm. this is the least successful cinema no. snack bar recipe we'll that we what, have done we'll see what happens when we taste it if we've realized we've just figured out how to make like little brownie snacks i mean i guess you can just make brownies from bucks so much easier right but we'll, this feels yeah. like brownie fudge like looking at it yeah. it's got layers it even it has looks like, like a, a top, cosmic brownie uh, yeah it does look like a cosmic brownie um here's the other thing if you want to uh, have chocolate that you can kind of just have sitting out and that is crunchy like a chocolate bar. What you want to do is temper the chocolate. And this is probably part of the reason also that we have a softer thing here. Um, when you're cooking the chocolate, you heat it to uh, a certain level and you can look up this process and it'll give you very exact uh, processes, but you heat the heat the chocolate up to like 105 degrees or so then you let it cool down to like 79 80 degrees and then you heat it back up just a few more degrees and then you stick it in the fridge um, to let it sit and 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 then it will not melt at room temperature right. correct then it doesn't soften yeah at, at room temperature so as we have here we know this is going to be kind of softer and chewier you know than if you were just bite into a Hershey bar or whatever but Moment of truth. And so now Zeke is bolder than I. And so he was immediately like, we got to put some stuff in this. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Oh, so, we got some, co- okay, so we got coconut chips in some of them. Uh-huh. I love everything. It's like ice cream for me. I can't just do vanilla ice cream. Can't do chocolate ice cream. It's got to have a crunch to it. We have some vanilla chips. Uh, sorry, some coconut <laughs> chips. I was thinking about vanilla. <laughs> We've got pure vanilla just chipped up in them. We've got coconut chips in some of these we've got uh pretzels in the other and then some of my favorite is marzipan i love marzipan in chocolate so we've got that in some of them and i've got i've got some sprinkles on that one to add a little texture because that one's still chewy so we've got some texture to this so if it is the worst thing in the world we're having chocolate ingredients over a pretzel over coconut maybe it's still going to taste fine yeah and so what, what we ended up doing was you know we added just tons and tons of varying other ingredients, just trying to liquidate the mixture that was going on. Because I mean, it was so, it was thick. It, it was, was three C's maybe. It was, was the thickest. Something deliciously unholy happening in that pan. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, <laughs> we just did everything we could to try and make it look like something that we felt was going to end up being right. chocolate. Um, so I guess moment of truth. It's here, time to dig in. Okay. It's time to dig in. Are we trying marzipan, coconut, or pretzel first? Let's go. Whitney, 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 has Whitney literally has marzipan, marzipan it's already on in my her I'm taking a okay. huge bite, no, and I hope it's not terrible. Which one of these is? Right here. Okay. Either of those. So we are trying. I was trying to ASMR. Oh, Whitney's already in your mouth. Okay. Oh. Oh, my gosh. The, the, what's it called? That's fudge. That is the darkest chocolate fudge I've yeah, ever eaten. Yeah, it's very fudgy. The it's, crunch was not from the chocolate. I wish it was. The crunch was from what I like to call sweet croutons, which are <laughs> sprinkles. Okay, so the crunch was from the sprinkles. The marzipan tastes fine in this, but it's fudge. Yeah. It may not even be as set as fudge. I don't think it is. It's, yeah, it's like, um, I mean, it's sweet and it's pleasant. But uh, but it's dark. That's some. There's some bitter to dark. that. Yeah, it's dark. It's like... <clears throat> All right. It's so, not it's not a chocolate bar though. No. Nope. It's yeah. I, so I don't think we're going to call this a success. It doesn't taste bad. It's not the worst failure. If you're like, dude, I homemade this chocolate snack, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, like you'd be like, great. But just knowing what we were trying to make makes this feel like disappointment. Yeah. It doesn't taste bad. It tastes good. Yeah. It is very it okay. it's very bitter. I would say on the on um, it is the is darker than I anticipated this chocolate would taste. Yeah. I want the pretzel one because I think that's going to be, 
I think pretzel. out of the successes, this might be the most successful. For an additional successful. salt and a little crunch, we'll yes. have. All right, so let's try okay, a little pretzel. Okay, pretzels. Just a little crunch. Significantly better. It's also, it has also made the pretzels a little soft. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. It's good. It's okay. fine. Well, it's not like. I actually prefer the mar- marzipan one. But we're not definitely not getting the reactions that we had when we tried our nachos or when we tried our candy apples. Oh, no. This is a letdown compared to that. Still fine. Yeah. I'm giving it a four or five so far. Yeah. So, all right. That's okay. Last one would be our, our coconut, coconut chips, which now I'm feeling like this has probably saturated them and they're going to be chewy. Let's find out. Here we go. They're chewy now. Yep. Are they? <laughs> yeah, they're normally crisp. Oh, crisp. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm. Flavor-wise, I think that's my favorite. That coconut really does add something good. And just a little bit of uh, more solid texture. It does sort of feel like just took fudge kind of before it was finished. You know, or like this feels like it. It feels like so. My wife makes this really rich. Oh um, yeah. It's really rich homemade hot chocolate, and it comes from a concentrate that you basically make. It feels like a very thick version of that concentrate. That if you drop this in some hot milk, you'd be good to go. You know, and, and right. have yourself some delicious. Maybe uh, we should try hot that. chocolate. Maybe well, yeah. Spin the rest of this into a into a positive with some with some hot cocoa. I I thought I loved the marzipan one, but just now I peeled off the chocolate and just ma- basically ate the marzipan, and I was like, oh, okay, that's what I like. That's better. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that was a good deal. Better. Well, so we failed at making chocolate bars, yeah, like crispy chocolate. We did not fail at making something that tasted chocolate. It's true. The taste is fine. It tastes like chocolate, right? It doesn't taste like. Yeah, it doesn't taste like the craziest, darkest chocolate. You know, no, but it no. tastes like dark chocolate. It is. Which I think came from our, uh, we used dark cocoa powder. Okay. Um, so I'm sure that obviously plays into that, you know, um, but we did milk it up with the, with the dry, dry milkness. Um, so we've made some sort of weird hybrid, I don't know, thing here. Um, Wait, it's like a, it, it felt like a no-bake brownie mixed with yeah. what a chocolate mm. bar would be. Yes. I definitely don't want to eat all of it. No, right. no, we're, we're not going back for seconds. Like I had to... When we covered Nacho Libre, I had to stop eating the chips. I right. was like, you know what? Let's not keep eating. With this, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. I've tasted what I've had to taste. Yeah. Which is, uh, for chocolate, that's really saying something. It really is. <laughs> that I, really tells you the level of our chocolate. It does, because I love some good chocolate. I want you all to tell us your success stories of making chocolate. Tell us where we went terribly wrong. Yeah. And you know what? Show us how it's done. Yeah. The chocolate that I just ate reminded me of a hairdryer. <gasps> The smell of a hairdryer? <laughs> I guess so. Okay. Oh, no. I know what you mean. All right. Listen, if you guys want to help us get a kitchen scale um, so that this doesn't happen again, <laughs> you can support the show. Uh, you can go on, on Patreon and throw some support behind the show um, and help us to uh, be able to improve our processes here a bit by bit and uh, help us to you know do, do some more things in the future as we continue with Cinema Snack Bar. It still, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to make. Um, but uh, if we ever, I felt like if we were going to fail at one so far, it was probably this. Chocolate just feels ambitious to me. Man, I, don't know. I thought this is the easiest thing in the world. We we considered for a second doing shrimp, and I was like, oh, man. I was like, we could ruin that. Looking back, shrimp would have been an easier oh, idea. Sh- yeah, shrimp would have been a breeze. No <laughs> yeah. problem. But, uh, you know, I don't regret trying it. I don't either. I, 
I can say I made chocolate. I see now why people call themselves chocolatiers, right? Oh, yeah. I like just go, that seems pretentious. And now I go, that all <laughs> makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm thinking if we did do chocolate, we're going to yeah, have chocolate. to do something else. Gonna- <laughs> There's got to be something chocolate. else in that If movie. we reviewed chocolate with Don- Johnny Depp, we are going to, at that point, maybe bring on a chocolatier. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what we should do. Find it, Get a local, a local chocolatier and have them like... Tour the facility, have them show us in their space. We have to. The hot chocolatier, we could go. Yeah, yeah, we go to the there we go. Yeah. We have to because I want some decent chocolate. If we're if we if we cover the ch- uh, chocolate, we're gonna have to get some decent chocolates because what we've really done today is insult Nestle and <laughs> Hershey have. and oh, Nestle you know, Toulouse, Mars. So sorry, yeah, like we live thirty miles from M M&M and M Mars, and they would be so disappointed in what we've just you know what we've just done today. But you know what? I'm gonna give it to my kids, and they're gonna love it. It will. Right. What is this fudge consistency? We love it. We All right. love it. We'll be back next week uh, with another Zeke pick uh, to start our second official yes. round of of picks, and uh, we'll we'll be uh, doing something awesome, watching a great movie, and hopefully making something amazing that turns out a little bit better than our chocolate did. Uh, celebrate us in our failures, and follow along with everything that's going on with Cinema Snack Bar uh, on Instagram at Cinema Snack Bar. You can visit us at cinemasnackbar.com. and if you want to support the show uh, in any subscription model that is available. Well, you know, we would super love that and, uh, and give you our eternal thanks and anything else that we can do to tell you we appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate your support and we appreciate your encouragement uh, and your pity. We'll see you guys next week on Cinema Snack Bar. Until then, I'm Rob. And I'm Zeke. The end.